Yo, excuse me, Mrs. Lynn. Yeah. Have you ever seen a show with a couple on the mic with bad content and it don't come out right? We tight. They ain't never tight. And that's not polite. Am I lying? No, you're quite right. Well, tonight on this very mic, you're about to hear We, we swear, swear the, the best podcast of the year. So, so. Here we go. Scream Bravo. Also, also if you, you didn't, didn't know, this is our show. Hey, I like that. Life. Welcome, 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 y'all, to America 20 to Life. I'm your host, Mike Lynn. I'm here with my wife, Erica Lynn. How you doing, babe? Pretty good. It's Friday, y'all. I was just about to say that. It's Friday. <laughs> Why does it feel like it's been forever since Wednesday when we were here last? And it really, it's only been I don't a, know, because this shit been, it's been flying, y'all. <laughs> what time is it? I don't think nothing go faster than COVID time. <laughs> COVID time? COVID time is fast. Pandemic time lapse. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so anyways, today, we got a special, special, special uh, show today. We are talking about stand your ground. It's important to know this, because when you have a 2A, um, uh, right, obviously, to be able to carry and, and uh, arm yourself and defend yourself, you have to know what the laws are surrounding that. And so with the stand your ground law, we've seen it be used in some very, um, very publicized situations like the George Zimmerman and Trayvon Martin. Stand your ground was used in that when one person didn't even have a weapon. Right. Exactly. Um, there was it's another one. I want to know. I, I wish I knew his name. and You could look it up. But down in, I think it was in Florida at a party store over a parking spot. Do you remember that one? Yep. The guy came out of came out of uh, the store. The guy was parked in his spot, and he confronted the guy about parking in his spot. And the guy basically he pushed the guy, and the guy on his back on the floor shot him in the chest on the in the on the ground. On the on the ground, shot him in his chest. Well, the guy shoved him. him basically, yeah, he shoved they got him. To, they got the black man verbal. shoved the white guy off the off of the uh, count off the uh, sidewalk onto mm -hmm. the floor on the ground. He stumbled down, pulled his gun out, and shot him in the chest. And that was ruled as stand your ground. So um, another thing is with the Arbery case right now, it's coming up. That's coming up also that they're talking about the stand your ground. So what we realized though. Is that with stand your ground? A lot of times you hear this all the time, and we wonder what it really means, right? What stand your ground mean? When can you apply it? When is it something that you're going to be okay with when the law comes running? Um, we have an attorney on today whose name is Richard Rice, who's going to come on and speak on that, but also he is going to be speaking on an actual case that he's working right now for uh, Mercutio, Mercutio South Hall senior who is actually um going through a situation very similar to this right now but they charged him with second degree murder so originally it was charged as manslaughter they came back re-upped the Bumped charges to second degree murder mm -hmm. and that's what he's dealing with right now which he's actually out on bond and we have him on the show today with yeah. richard rice his attorney and they're going to be sp speaking on plainly to a um stand your ground laws um Mercutio was actually a uh, activist down in Alabama, like in Birmingham. So he was active, active in civil rights and, um, and social justice and so on down here. So what it sounded like to me when I read this, 
this this uh, and I told you I was like, so basically he's Mike Lynn from Alabama. Remember that's, when I said that? Yes. Because everything about this dude was like, up damn, that's kind of like the same stuff I've been involved with, um, but I haven't been you know locked up for it. But I mean, he's been he's been in situations. I think he was at a Trump rally, and one and this was like highly publicized. And I've actually got a picture here of this, and he was drug out of a Trump rally here with a Black Lives Matter shirt on for. Um, speaking his mind man for first amendment rights so like yeah that was a huge story it was a it was a big big story because they put hands on him and i think he ended up on the ground yeah and it became like a really big thing um so baby face or baby scarface true sincere said it's pronounced mercutio thank that was way to put it in there phonetically yeah i needed that when we talked to the attorney he had said it too but i don't remember hearing it that way so that thank you i appreciate that Mercutio. Mercutio. Yeah. So Mercutio is right now facing second degree murder charges for what him and his he and his attorney uh, state was a stand your ground uh, situation. Um, And this is we see this all too often when it comes to black people. Right. I mean, we don't have the right to stand our ground as far as the law is concerned. So I want to know through this attorney, Richard Rice, what is it that we have to do? What things, what boxes need to be checked in order for us to really be able to say we defended ourselves, we did not run from the situation? Um, you know, there's situations I see all the time where somebody just whips a gun up, right? And the thought process comes through, like as soon as they come out with it, that's that's a threat of death to me. I don't need to know what you was going to do with it. You pulled it out, you pointed it, or you were in an aggressive manner. In my opinion, that's, that means that I need to stop that threat, whatever that threat is going to be. Like, what At what point in time do we decide you was about to kill me? You know what I'm saying? Like, once you shoot because exactly. you missed, because you missed, now I get to shoot They're you? They're like key movements, actions, words that you well, kind of have to say. Well, that's the thing. The law is different for who, whoever is trying to exercise it. So we know that for, for some white men that have been able to use it, you don't have yeah. to have any... You just have to feel like well, your life was in danger. Well, we use the standard fear for my life. Yeah, that's it. You just have to feel like your life was in danger. Yeah. Now, let's talk about standing your ground. What What about against a police officer? So that's something I would really love for the, the attorney to speak on a little bit. Right. Because in, there's a surprising amount of people that didn't know um, over the course of, I'd say when the Trayvon Martin case was really, really big in the news, um, didn't know that Michigan is a stand your ground state. And we that's are. really important to know that we are in a stand your ground state. And I guess in a nutshell, I'm sure it varies state by state, but um, it just means that you don't have a duty to retreat. And that's a really big deal because I guess it can be viewed as a positive thing that you don't have a duty to retreat like Armad, you know, Arbery, who fought for his life. Um, he did not have the duty to retreat because they are a stand your ground state as well. So I but feel like it could be applicable. to stand their ground? Exactly. That's the thing. It's crazy. Like. Um, I think the person that doesn't have a gun definitely gets to stand the ground. Like I definitely get to pull the gun off your hand. Kind of how I feel about it, but so, I, I would love to hear the kind of legal interpretation of it on yeah. what, like you said, what are the boxes you have to check? What are the things that you can, you kind of have to know about? But again, these are situations that happen, and this is where a lot of advocates that are um, want stand your ground to be done away with is because there's way too much disparity in how it's used how it's enacted who's able to use it what they when they call it and a lot of the disparity uh disparity comes in with black and brown people and so it's another thing that can be used unfairly um also some you know people that are against it say that it can be an excuse to murder you know it, it can be you can you can goad somebody and 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 you know poke the bear into a confrontation 
and then kill them and then and say that you were standing your ground. Man, that's some scary shit. And man. that's what I feel happened with Trayvon Martin and George Zimmerman. It is because he followed him down, chased yeah. him down. He and, stalked and him down. Went and, and engaged him even mm-hmm. after the dispatchers kept telling him to leave yep. the guy alone, leave the guy alone. And another situation happened similar to that. They arrested him finally, right? We had to fight to get him arrested. I mean, it was months and months and months. They finally arrested George Zimmerman, and we all thought, okay, here we go. And this was the first time we realized that, shit, it don't matter if you get arrested. We ain't nowhere near done with the battle. This is the same thing we're dealing with Arbery. It doesn't matter if they arrest the guy because they start working these laws and all of this shit that they, you know, the defense attorneys start working all this shit. And the next thing you know, he's using it. And now we have somebody who needs to be able to use it, and they're not allowing him to use that. So it's like... That was a scary moment for I think a lot of America when they realized that you can your son could be killed in the backyard because of standing your ground and this person to get away with it. That was a scary ass moment. It set off all types of uh, movements. That's yeah. where the Black Lives Matter movements come out of. Like all these things come out of that situation because it's it it is it was. It is such a miscarriage of justice. Like it was just one of the most blatant slaps in the face when you've got somebody that was simply being they were just existing they were just living and he stalked him down he initiated the confrontation forced him into a fight that ended with his life being taken and he used the stand your ground how many times a day does this happen though i just watched on facebook the other day a guy was uh delivering to a gated community he was inside the gate he had already did his delivery Mm -hmm. and he was leaving and this guy who's supposed to be the head of the homeowners association stops him and says what are you doing in here he's like i'm leaving well, what are you doing here in the first place? Well, none of your business while I'm in here. I'm well, how'd you get in here? I used the gate key or go, gate code because there's a code to get in the gate. So this dude's just hammering him with questions. And it's, he's on the phone calling the police on this truck driver. And, and this dude's like, I don't have to answer anything to you. Like, where do you get the authority to so ask patient. me shit? He was super patient, more patient than I wish he would have been. I wish he, sometimes I just wish he had told him, man, if you don't, you know, and this dude's probably 320 pounds, 6'4". Big ass guy too, and this dude was a little white dude, probably like five Older six. Guy. But he had a phone, so that was deadly, and it could have been deadly. And my man took all the proper precautions because he was like, "I'm just gonna sit here. I'm gonna wait. I'm not gonna move because I don't want this guy saying I'm trying to flee." And the police rush up in here, and there's another situation where this guy goaded this guy into it. Yeah. And if he had acted any type of way, because he's six four, six three, and three hundred something pounds, he can feel in danger of his life and plug him right there on the street. Pretty much. And it's making its rounds now and people are watching it just in disbelief and shock at like the entitlement that you think that you can hold someone there because you're the head of a homeowners association. Like it's ridiculous. And again, it begs the question when you, you know, push these situations, like we said, you're forcing a confrontation. Yeah. It puts black and brown people in such a bad position because now you've got the police involved. And if you remember, we had a situation in our family like that one time. Tell it. And we, this was give me time to drink this water. <laughs> we about two, was it two years ago? So we live in the outfield um, lofts that is extremely secure, meaning it's a secure entry into the parking lot. You have to have a swipe to get in there, secure entry into the building, secure entries all the way through, right? Well, there was um, a gentleman, we'll just call him that. Was he gentle though? No, he was actually kind of crazy. Yeah. He was just, just a really, really odd duck uh, guy. Um, he followed, so it was uh, Mikey, our son, um, his girlfriend, and uh, their two friends. They had went and grabbed something to eat and I think went to the store, got some snacks or whatever, because everybody was hanging out at my house, par for the course. 
Uh, so they pull in, you know, but before that, they're like, yeah, there was some guy. And, and now, mind you, I'm, I'm hearing this later. Um, but they had like a thing. The two friends in the back seat, they're comedians, both of them. You know, both of the kids are in the back seat. And they said they were in there dancing and there was a guy kind of staring at them from two lanes over. And he's like, we could tell that he thought that we were like laughing at them. So, of course, kid in the back seat, who's the youngest out of them, I think he was 15 at the time. He starts dancing even more. And the guy got really upset starts cussing them out they start exchanging words from the cars and they're just like what a weirdo you know so they pull in come home i'm at home and i get a call and it's from my son he's like yeah this guy followed us home here and he's threatening to call the police um he said that we were you know saying stuff to him blah 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 all i had to hear was he's calling the police so i run downstairs because instantly i'm you know scared um they get out of the car now mind you they're in high school they range from 15 16 17 but um they look uh, michael and his two friends are football basketball baseball players one is about six 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 seven i would say yeah. one is about yeah. six five mikey's about six one i mean they're big guys damn you gave mikey a little bit I did. he might be I six did. he foot. might be six foot. that's his basketball <laughs> height six one that's what he would say they always give him a basketball but height. my point is when they get out the car is when stuff really hit the fan because the guy did indeed follow him home and um, when he followed them home, he couldn't get in. So he got out of his car. And as they relay it, they were sitting inside the car. He went to their window. He was leaning in like, do you know who I am? Do you know what I do? And, you know, just kind of in. And from what they were saying, they're like, Michael's like, dude, just go back to your car. Please just leave. leave. Like, seriously, just go back to your car. You don't want to do this. Go back to your car. So then they get out. And now the guy is scared. So when they get out and the friend's like, you know, what's up you're you're here now what do you what do you he's calling his mom and um that's when he pulled out his phone mm -hmm. so he pulled out his phone and called the police and so when i got down there the first thing i did was sent everybody upstairs and the thing is that people have to understand why we keep saying stop calling the police on us is because the moment that you make the phone call to the police it escalates the situation from zero to ten what pissed me off the most is that he had the audacity to follow them home run his mouth he was cussing he was running his mouth threatening trying to you know and we found out later he worked for mdlc and i think that's where he thought he had like some clout and he probably had a gun on him probably had a gun on him so all these things are running through my mind um you're at work and so i told them go upstairs i didn't want them to be there when the police got there because it scared me i was scared i didn't had no clue what he told the police to get him there i didn't know what he said happened whatever the case may be um and come to find out later he did indeed tell one of the police officers that he saw one of the kids grabbing at his waistband. And that's See, a famous line. Right there. And uh, that's all it can take. We got that 911 call. We do. I wonder if we I could wish find I had it. played it. Um, yeah. We've got the 911 call. Well, I recorded the incident. I know, we got it. Yeah. Oh, I've got, you got video too. I, I, I took a video when he walked up because I had no clue. What was I would have stood my ground had I been there. And I did. If I had got called downstairs, I would have been standing my ground. I would have had to handle that dude. Don't be chasing my son home, making him feel nervous or. And he wasn't because they would have beat the dog shit out of this Seriously. dude. But still, at the same time, like, don't be trying to get a reason to kill my son, yo. Like, That's don't play that literally shit. what I thought. I just could not believe how it went about. And so when the police officer showed up is when I, I didn't know how this was going to go. So I immediately turned my camera on. And when the police officer walked up, um, it, amazingly so, the police were just kind of like, why are we here? What did you expect? Out? Like, they were pissed they were irritated with him they couldn't believe that he called they couldn't believe you know the way he was behaving and me and him kind of started getting into it and i laid into his ass bad i laid into him i was so angry i cussed him out i, I just 
you know, kind of explained in a not so nice way how dangerous that could have been and the fact that he called them home. And what I told him is, I think I said something along the because somebody else told me that I said, no, which he goes, well, I didn't know, you know, what was going to happen. And I said, well, what you did is you thought you were going to call customer service on them, which is police. He was pissed. He was upset. He was irritated. So he called the police mm -hmm. and the police was literally <clears throat> asking him, like, you call. So what did you expect out of this? What did you need to happen? So it's just one of those situations, like I said, death could have came from yes, that bullshit because he was angry. Ten seconds of I had to make a, you know, I come downstairs. I'm trying to figure out what's going on. I see this guy, you know, and I think he thought he was going to lay into me and I'm not having that. I sent them upstairs and I said, I, I need so you now to she's gonna get now. beat up by this dude when you sent your damn backup upstairs, dumb. <laughs> no, I've never. Dad, don't you ever do that, that shit never again. Gonna Send happen. them over there away from the situation just in case you are over your head. But we also have to remember that I always am protected. Oh, so you did bring your pistol. Though. I'm just saying I didn't feel we do, fearful. We do too. And I keep distance. I keep enough distance, you know, in a way that you're not going to just be able to come at me in that way. But again, it's just the fact that the police presence coming. I wanted my kids you know out of the situation because yeah. i didn't want the police coming up and saying we had a report of somebody with a gun and they pull up you know who knows it was just one of those situations so don't call me, police let me give the rundown real quickly um about this situation in alabama that is involving uh, mercutio because we're going to bring them on here in about eight minutes nine minutes so i want to run this down real quick and when i read this i just i was really confused at a lot of the details whoever wrote this was terrible uh, Carol Robinson out of Alabama, uh, shame on you for writing this because it's a really terrible depiction of anything that could have happened. Um, but anyways, we'll read what we have. What? Yeah, this is what we have. A well-known Birmingham, Birmingham activist is charged with manslaughter in a Tuesday night shooting that killed a 54 year old man. Mercutio uh, Southall of the initial leaders in the city's Black Lives Matter movement was booked into Birmingham City Jail. About 7 a.m. Wednesday after undergoing questioning by city homicide detectives, police on Thursday obtained the warrant against him. The shooting happened at about 10.30 p.m. behind Arthur Douglas Hudson home in the 6600 block at 1st Avenue South. East, East, Precinct officers, uh, East Precinct officers were just finishing up a nearby traffic stop when a red Ford F-150 flew past them driving radically and then came to a screeching halt. The driver, later identified as South Hall, jumped out of the truck and ran behind the home. One of the officers began to follow him and saw a woman sitting in the pickup truck with her head in her hands. Just then, multiple shots rang out behind the home. Police heard a man, later identified as Hudson, yell that he had been shot and found him climbing over a fence to get away from the shooter. Officers tried to tend his injuries, two gunshot wounds, but he was pronounced dead on the scene. South Hall, with a gun holstered on his side, was taken into custody at the scene Southall's sister was taken by Birmingham Fire and Rescue Service to UAB Hospital for treatment for lacerations. It wasn't immediately clear how she was injured. So this is where we stop at. This is their, this was their explanation of what happened. So what we know uh, based off of this, and I'm sure we're going to get more detail when we bring uh, Richard Rice, his attorney, on, is that the police were sitting there. They seen a car come screech by, stop, person jumps out, runs into what is to be Hudson's backyard. They hear two shots. They go run past the truck. There's a woman in there with her head in her hands, and they don't know what's going on with that situation. Find Southall in the back with a in the back of the yard with this man trying to jump away from him and him having a gun uh, holstered on his side. That's what we know. Yep, that's the gist of it. That's and now all the what we also that were know publicly, right? And what we also know is that uh, he was originally charged with manslaughter. Which tends to usually tends to be that it wasn't premeditated, it wasn't meant for murder, 
it was a form of self-defense that maybe was negligent. And just knowing before charges are ever made, you know, evidence is looked at, et cetera. So right. obviously there was a decision made on what they had at the time before they charged him because the charge doesn't come immediately. Right. No, that they always they have like this 72 hours to hold you until they can get an arrest warrant to actually charge you with something. So the original charges came in as manslaughter. And then now they've been up to second degree murder for whatever reason. Now, he is arguing stand your ground and so i spoke with the attorney earlier and he was telling me how there's stages that you got to go through and at any point in time in those stages somebody along that line can say this is a stand your ground situation and then it the prosecution goes away from that point nobody has done that up to this point but they've got a hearing um that is actually a stand your ground hearing that he said is similar to a trial for stand your ground so that's what the next hearing is um they are on here for multiple different reasons obviously to get their story out um, and secondly, they have a need for donations because he actually has a, the defender that you're going to come on here is doing it pro bono. So him and another attorney are actually doing this case, you know, for free for, uh, um, the family. for the family. Yeah, him and, the family. and so at the end of the day, they need somebody, uh, where they're trying to get donations to actually help for these expert witnesses they're going to need to bring in. So we will, we will be posting the um, it's sort of a GoFundMe, but it's on Facebook. We will be posting that donation site. If anybody would like to donate something to it, um, please do. Uh, this brother needs our help. Um, we're going to get some more surrounding this story. Yeah, they I'm want sure. to tell his story. Yeah, they want to give some context. Any way you look at it, we, we know some things. Alabama, Birmingham, Alabama, black man, activist who fighting these type of things on a day to day basis is out free. When there was a shooting and the result of the shooting was a death. There's obviously some more information here. They, you know, this is just what we know. If there's never a situation where a black man in Alabama, Birmingham, Alabama, is going to be out free on a second-degree murder charge unless there's some mitigating factors here. So let's find out what those are, you know, and before they're gonna, we... They're going to talk more about that um, and kind of give... Because we have to think, too, you know... This is obviously a situation that isn't clean cut and dry, obviously, because it's already kind of moved around to where it's from where it started to where it's at now. And just to kind of as far as the topic of conversations and, and things like that, think of the situation right now with um, Armand Arbery in which, you know, there's a situation that happened, a shooting happened. Um, and nobody was even taken into custody like right. in that moment at right. all. Like nothing happened. Like there was someone left, you know, dead. On the, in the street and people just went home yeah how do you i mean how does that work? how does that work like they just went home did he go like, home there wasn't even make like, dinner like i don't know i i don't did he still go on with his plans for the day after he do just we not somebody? even detain we don't detain to conversate about this shit do and they, we need to press charge let's get him off the street because they could be dangerous we don't know yeah there's a black man find dead, out. so let's 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 think about there's a black man dead in the middle of the street two white men saying hey it was self-defense they don't have a video at that point or do they no Nobody so they else. don't have no video the previous even surfaced at call. that point. They just took them for their word for That's it. That's what I'm I saying. I read the police report. They just took them for Why their word for it. Why can't we take his word for so it? So where does it come in to, like, whose word is stronger? Who's more believable? Well, we know that. Who are the more sympathetic victims? Could you buy privilege? I, I is, there, is there, can you buy privilege? Like, is that something that could be for sale? Mm, like, you know what I'm saying? It can only go so far. 
It really can. Uh, Even, it, I, I, so a little bit about this guy. Uh, what we know about him is that he has been an activist in the city of Birmingham um, for these type of things, racial injustices. He's been very vocal with it. He is a Second Amendment advocate, as you see here. Um, what have we been pressing, y'all? We've been pressing this right here. He's at some type of event. Looks like some sort of a protest here. He's got his gun out ready to go to protect these people. So this is the type of guy we're talking about right here. Um, here's another one. Oh, excuse me. I don't want to show that one yet. This is the one where I was talking about he was at the pep or the uh, Trump rally. And obviously he was vocal. I love this picture because it just shows like he was just getting it in. He's getting carried out. I'm sure this guy right here in the, in the, in the beige hat's probably spitting at him or saying something ridiculous. And no reason in the world he should be carried out of there. He should have a First Amendment right there as well as anywhere else. They started getting violent yeah. on him. So he's got a Black Lives Matter Birmingham shirt on here. I'm not sure. Um, usually Black Lives Matter is black and yellow. I'm not sure if that's a, a um, what chapter. I know I read in here somewhere that they had or there's an original Black Lives Matter organization there and then they split off and they had a, formed another Black Lives Matter chapter in Birmingham. So there's two chapters there and not sure if they're affiliated uh, with the national brand or not. But uh, we'll get to that. We'll ask that question as well. Yep. Exactly. So this is the uh, the mugshot they put up in the newspaper. And you guys have probably seen this on our Facebook page. This is uh what it was. Well-known activist um, Mercutio Southall charged in Birmingham killing. This is it. Um, this is what they put out. So we're going to find out what the real is. We got a, we got a comment here. I'll bring this in. Let's see. They were beating him saying all lives matter as they hit him. That was more than likely. I'm thinking that's probably at the rally then. Mm -hmm. And so why is this acceptable? Exactly. Why is this acceptable? Mm -hmm. I just don't. It's beyond me why that's acceptable that us as a people, though. Why would we accept that? Like that picture spoke volumes to me when I was looking at that. That's why I was like, wow, you know, um, but that's acceptable that. He could go in there and then have that type of situation happen. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, exactly. and then and then all of us, what do we do? Like, we got to start standing up and defending our own people. Is this the video of it? I believe so. I think I might have found it. It is the video of it. I can't tell if that's him or not. Yeah. And look at Trump's face. Trump spoke on it. Trump spoke on him. So this guy, Mercutio, been going hard in the paint. Hard in the paint. And so now we got to go hard in the paint for him, you know, regardless of the situation. So that's why I brought him on the show. Uh, we're going to talk through the situation and I'm going to get uh, his attorney, Richard Rice, on the phone right now. So if you guys hold steady with me. Spoke on it. Trump spoke on him. So this guy, Mercutio, been going hard in the paint. Hey, my brother, you're going to have to turn off the live and just. We're going to have you on here live here with it. Okay. All right. So, you guys, we got Mercutio. South, how do you pronounce the last name? Southall or Southall? Let's start with Mercutio. <laughs> Mercutio. 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 All right. Yeah, you know that's a hard name to, to, to pronounce. Don't be trying to act like I'm supposed to know that shit. It came from Shakespeare, brother. Like, I, I don't know, man. Like, uh, <laughs> I think I got it now. <laughs> I, I already like this, brother. All right. And then we're here with your attorney, Richard Rice. That's right. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. Thank you for being here. Tell us a little bit about what's going on, man. What, what made you guys decide to come on the show and speak the word? I mean, you guys haven't been to trial yet. This thing is still in the open air. 
this is unusual for a pros or for a defense attorney to allow this type of thing. And so what what's your reasoning on on allowing this and 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 what's your reasoning on coming on here? Well, again, just want to say thanks for having us. Uh, we were obviously tuned into the show, uh, you know, for the first 30 minutes and we're able to kind of get a good sense of the show. I know Mercutio is uh, follow follow your podcast. And so uh, once he vouched for you all, you know, I definitely want to be a part of it. And uh, as you said, I'm one of the attorneys that's defending Mercutio, uh, David Guestpass and Martin Weinberg, two other criminal defense attorneys here in the city of Birmingham are also defending him. As you stated, we're doing so on, uh, as a pro, bo pro bono representation, free of charge. And Mercutio is my friend. You know, he he is an activist, but he's a father and a husband, too. He's somebody that I believe in personally, you know, and I, I don't go around representing people charged with murder, manslaughter or, you know, homicide if I don't believe in them and I believe in him, you know, and I know that he should be vindicated of these charges. He should be completely exonerated so he can continue to be the father and the outspoken activist that, you know, we all know him to be. So that's who I know who he is. And I want to make sure that we get that message out. You know, I, I'm, I'm certainly capable of critiquing our institutions, the civil and criminal justice systems. Uh, but I, I still operate within within them as well. And so today we wanted to be able to come on and talk a little bit about some of these disparities that exist with Stand Your Ground. I can get into some of the facts about what we believe took place, what we know took place. And, um, you know, but but we also want to raise awareness about what it what it is required to successfully represent someone and that's money resources and so even though the three of us have volunteered our time uh we, we're still looking for the community the community that mercutio has a reputation for protecting and putting oftentimes their interests ahead of his own personal interests we're just asking for everybody to do what they can you know so that we can uh represent him the way that he deserves to be represented and um you know we we have identified experts and we could get into that later but those are some of the reasons why we decided to join you today. All right. Mercosio, 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 Mercosio. Or you, you can just call Merck if you want. I mean, I think. Merck, Merck, <laughs> there we go, Merck. Yes. That's kind of uh, fitting, though, Merck, for the situation we in, though. That's kind of, I don't know, man. I don't know if we should call him that. That might not be a good look. I, I think Q would be a little bit better, brother. <laughs> Q, I got you. Man, yeah. I've been I've been chewing Thank that word this whole time that. trying to say that, but I appreciate your name. is awesome. I see you over there, man. You seem like a good dude, man. I like your smile, man. You got a good heart, man, going for what you're going through. This has got to be some scary shit, man. How do you feel about it all? I mean, do you feel like, you know, I mean, obviously you feel just, but how has the fear been and the anxieties we're dealing with it? Well, honestly, like, um, I'm black in America, so, like, um, you know, this a day ending in day. So uh, I kind of, we've been in so many different situations at this point. Um, it's kind of, it's kind of normal, honestly. And uh, anytime that you step out of the house saying that you're going to defend uh, black people uh, with your life up to and including, and you actually mean it, um, you know, I already made that decision a long time ago. I think uh, George Jackson said to be a black man and to be a revolutionary is to be a twice doomed man. And uh, I've, kind of believe that, you know, um, that doesn't stop me from doing anything, but, um, you know, you gotta do what you gotta do. Now I talk about that a lot when we talk about arming ourselves as a, as a people that we have to take on the understanding that if we use that more than likely, we're not going to get the, we're going to get the short end of the stick. We're going to get the murder charge and we'll have to fight ourselves back from that. When our counterparts, the you know, white men can use that stand your ground and they're presumed innocent from the gate. And then we have to go and protest and rally to get that charge up. Hope a video so, comes out. Yeah, hope a There's video comes out. 
an outcry of more than black and brown people because it even if black and brown people outcry it typically takes the white people to be outcry or you know outraged for it to really get steam right Mm -hmm. so can we talk about it all the the um the narrative that they had in in the newspaper or in this article can you talk about it all and i won't ask i won't ask q right now i'll ask his attorney because i don't want to I don't want to get you, incriminate you in no way. You have the Fifth Amendment right here as well as you do the Second. And uh, so use your Fifth Amendment right to protect all of your stuff right now. Uh, can you talk about it all? What happened? Is it is what we hear in the narrative? What happened? Is there context to that that you can talk about? Yeah, sure. We can definitely talk about some context. So, um, you know, as you stated, I mean, I think your critique of the, uh, the article was was on point in a lot of ways. A lot of times what we see with the media is that that there's a, you know, almost a blind adoption of what the police is, the police narrative is, you know. And as you pre- previously stated, Mercutio is an activist. He's one of the founding members of uh, the local Black Lives Members uh, Matters chapter here in, in Birmingham. And so that type of thing is something that could potentially, in addition to, you know, the racial disparities that we've talked about, um, you know, with him being an outspoken activist, those types of things could maybe make. Uh, his relationship with with police officers maybe sometimes more strained in some cases, you know. But most people don't know that Mercutio actually uh, attended the police academy here in Birmingham, and, and but for an injury, he may be a police officer right now. Oh, we love that. That's what we need is more brothers in the police force. That's right. You know, that's why I always say is that we we do have a, du- a duty to critique the institutions, but we have to get involved, get engaged to change them. Um, that critique is just one part of it, and that's something that he's always represented. So I say all that to say that maybe, you know, that some of the, the coverage was a little bit even more slanted against him because of that history that he's had and been involved in so many protests. You pointed out the one with the Trump rally, uh, some Second Amendment protests as well. And, you know, the list is long. But, um, you know, on that on the day of the shooting of um, Mercutio's sister was was previously assaulted um, by the decedent. Uh, that that much is is a known fact. Is is nothing. No one to dispute it. It's it's accepted. But that wasn't in the article. The article said that 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 was something that was undetermined initially, at the time. And so, um, you know, that's just that's one that's one thing is that this was somebody who had already assaulted Mercutio's sister that same day with the weapon and with the weapon, and that also um, you know was was acting in a threatening way at the time of the shooting. And so we really aren't here to litigate the case, but, you know, we, we do want to talk about some that was of the a major important part yeah, right yeah, there. Yeah. Cause that's not, they didn't give context to that. They said that the woman was in the truck with her hand in her I face. I knew what that meant. And so I felt that it had to be something similar. And so that, that made sense to me that this was a, a case of that. And then maybe, and I don't want to litigate the case either, but to me, what it sounds like context wise is you went to say something, this guy just assaulted your sister. And then it turned into what it turned into. Yeah. And I mean, it's one of those things where initially he was charged with what they would what was called provocation or manslaughter, um, you know, kind of a heat of passion uh, type of crime, which, you know, still may be an overstep from our position, but maybe it's more reasonable than now he's being charged with murder. I think we may be, uh, you know, in Alabama, there's capital murder, murder, manslaughter and uh, criminally, criminally negligent uh, homicide. So those would be kind of classifications for all the various forms of homicide in Alabama. Initially, he was charged with manslaughter and then ultimately indicted under the murder charge. And so, you know, it, it does seem to be an, an overcharge. You know, if this was a police officer, you know, or a white or black police officer, we don't think obviously he would be in this position right now. No. And um, that's something that we want to bring awareness to. And, you know, all of your viewers, listeners, 
that's something that we should all be mindful of so that we can, you know, engage our elected officials on a local and state uh, federal level about this type of thing. And then you have a specific case right here that you could get out and be an advocate on by, you know, sharing Mercutio's story or donating two or three dollars a month, whatever you can do to help him out to make sure that we're able to put on, you know, the top notch uh, defense that he would need and have that expert witness available for his defense. Absolutely. So can you tell us a little bit, are you able to tell us a little bit about how he was initially charged and then that evolved into what he's currently charged with? Because it kind of typically it might go from here to here, but not from here to here. And that's what it seems to have done. And so before you answer that, I want to piggyback on that, because while you were talking, I was thinking about that. Is it possible because we know they do this to us, black brothers, too, is they will charge us high as hell, hoping that we're going to plea down to what they really originally charged us with. Is that do you think that that has anything to do with this or have they offered a plea? But you can go ahead and answer that one, too. But no, I think those, you both. Those are great questions. You know, and those are things that I have thought about. And of course, you know, it's, it's a lot of, you know, reading between the lines like you did with the article. When you see enough of these type of stories and narratives, then you, you can kind of glean some facts from what's not said or the way things are said. And uh, initially, there, you know, there was a lower charge. And it, it was, you know, uh, increased. Uh, that was maybe a decision that was put to the grand jury, uh, the opportunity to make that decision. And so how the information is presented, what information is presented, you know, your tone of voice, uh, what you focus on, you know, wh- how, how many words you spend focusing on, you know, the actions taken by the defendant as opposed to what the decedent did prior to the shooting. Those types of things can all factor into that grand jury's uh, perception and what they choose to move forward with. You know, is it a strategy long run? Maybe, you know, I think, um, you know, prosecutors, district attorneys, ADAs, they, uh, you know, they 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 feel like they have a job to do. They want to be uh, successful. They want to do it well. Uh, they want to win. So I think uh, you bring up some good points. And, you know, I'm still we're in the midst of this battle right now, you know, so um, it's a delicate, you know, tightrope for us to be here today. Like you said, and it's a risk we're willing to take. We understand it. But again, you know, when you stand on the truth, then that that's there's a lot of power behind that. And so we're we're out here and putting the story out. A couple of things that are that stood out to me tremendously when talking about this is that he's out free in Michigan. If you were charged with any type of uh, murder in, in with our in Michigan, it goes, you know, first degree premeditated open murder is what they usually are charged with. So then they can figure out where you land in. Uh, but first degree murder is premeditated. Second is not premeditated. But. Uh, still in aggravated and then there's manslaughter and so on down and most of them if you're going to be anywhere where it's a assault with intent to do great bodily harm or assault with intent with you know committed it the murder you're going to be locked up so the fact that he's out tells me something that you know they don't they're not worried about his his you know him out here in the world that it wasn't a, an act that was just um um you know just a random act it was something that happened here they understand that there's some uh, mitigating some factors context, to be able to some context behind it to just let him to grant go free if they thought it was a murder. Right. Well, you know, I mean, we are innocent until proven guilty. And it really the purpose of bond is to, you know, to show that he is, is going to uh, be present and show up for trial. Uh, it really should be used in a punitive way. Obviously a lot of times, um, you know, prosecutors, district attorneys make arguments to judges about protecting the public and that type of thing, mm-hmm. which obviously carries with it a presumption of guilt too. So, uh, again, you know, constitutionally, you really it shouldn't be used in that way. I know that that's not the practice. And I think maybe in some maybe very narrow, slim situation, someone could be a threat that would justify bond, you know, being 
restrictive in that way, but it's really not the purpose. It's really um, an opportunity, again, to make sure that you have, um, you know, obligation to come back for your trial on the yeah. merits. Should be presented. Think, to, yeah. is that's the, I think that's the Fourth Amendment. It's either Fourth or Seventh where it is about the bond and not a ridiculous bond or ridiculous mm-hmm. uh, um, punishment. And, yeah. yeah, and it's not supposed to be punitive. It's supposed to be, you know, like you said, it's not supposed to be punished automatically because they got charged with something. And here, they do that. Like most people to get charged with murder, they have no bond, not even a million dollar bond, just none at all. And so that's why I was thinking like, I like the fact that he's out because that says something. They can't press the issue. He's a danger to society if they allow, you know, him to be out here and moving around. So um, with all of that, the Second Amendment aspect and the stand your ground, I know we talked about that. You said that that's the next move. Um, how far is trial out? How far is the second or the uh, stand your ground um, court case and date? So, you know, you said you had to get some experts in and that's where the donations were going to be coming from or going to. How long do we have to get him some help for that? Well, yeah, I definitely want to answer that question. And then I would like to, um, you know, give Mercutio a little opportunity to talk about, you know, how, why he's, de- why he's determined to be an activist and some of the things oh, yeah. with his family, uh, with, his, with his sons in terms of that. So people can get a, a different picture of him outside of this context. But um, oh, he already like a big teddy bear over there. He's smiling <laughs> and laughing. <laughs> you ain't dangerous at all, man. What they trying to say? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Thank you. But um, so yeah. So the stand your ground hearing and the trial date, with uh, given given this uh, public health crisis created by COVID nineteen, um, all jury trials have been suspended in the state of Alabama, and I don't know when that will resume. Uh, there's some 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 thoughts that maybe even if we are uh, made it through this first wave of of COVID nineteen, that maybe there will be a second wave. So. Jury trials could, they may not resume this year. I don't know for sure right now. And now is that a capital offense? Is that, is that, is this, is this offense he's facing is a death penalty fate? Uh, he's a, uh, it's class A felony. So it would be from 10 to 99 years is uh, potential, um, sentence. And that could be fines as well. But, um, so, so right now we don't have a trial date and we don't have a hearing date for the stand your ground hearing. And it's important to talk about stand your ground. It's basically, it's, it's, uh, you can think of about it like a cloak of immunity, um, in a lot of ways, and it can be applied at any stage of the process. You, you mentioned that earlier. You summarized it really well. And so even at the point of, uh, you know, officers investigating the crime, how they write it up, and then it's going to be presented to a district attorney uh, to make a decision then, and then a district attorney could then, you know, make a, make a conclusive decision, or they, he or she could then present it to a grand jury to make that decision. And so at each one of those phases, you see that there's a human element, there's a subjective element to make that determination. It's not objective in any type of way. And that that's, and we understand the society we exist in, you know, and it's, it's it really is undisputable, uh, the level of disparity, the biases that we see when you look at, you know, all of those quality of life uh, factors that we see, uh, the disproportionate number of which uh, African-Americans are prosecuted in this country. In Alabama, uh, African-Americans represent 25% of the general population but composed over 50% of the incarcerated population. Uh, and Alabama has one of the highest incarceration rates in the nation and in the state, uh, in, in, the, in the United States. And we know that the United States has the highest incarceration rate in globally. You know, yeah, just hands down, it's not even close. And so that's the environment, the context that we exist in. I think we've just grown so accustomed to it that we think it's okay because it's, it's the normal, but it doesn't make it just. And um, so that's that's the backdrop in which we're making all of these arguments about stand your ground. And it's something that 
you know, we want to be able to talk with directly um, and, and allow a judge or a jury to make that decision. And, you know, we have confidence in our ability to be able to successfully make that argument. So, Merc Mercutio, what I got it right that time, didn't I? You got it. So what so is funny. what is your passion, man? Because, listen, I do the same things up here. I'm involved in so, so much, uh, you know, racial equity stuff and just calling out the BS when we see it, man. If I, if we had a Trump rally up here that I could get into, they wouldn't let me and they would already know. But uh, what, what, where's your passion come from for this, man? Like, it takes a selfless person to even get involved. I know. I get beat down by, you know, by people I don't even know. I'm, you know, it's all types of stuff. So it takes passion. Where's yours come from? Well, uh, really and truly, um, it comes from family. Like, uh, we're from Selma. Um, you know, I had family across the bridge with Martin Luther King. Um, I was raised uh, by people that were uh, fairly active in the activist community. Uh, my mother um, said it was over a program called Mothers of Many growing up, like, um, I was in the 4-H club, do something. Like, I've always been uh, fairly active and, like, wanting to, like, really change the world, help the world. Um, and uh, as I got older, um, I was a, like, a couple of years ago, I was a Boy Scout uh, club master, <laughs> believe it or not. And uh, Oh, I can believe it. After that Trayvon Martin thing happened uh, and me having black sons, um, you know, I was like, there's no way that I'm, you know, that I'd be willing to have a conversation with anybody um, as far as like something happening to one of my sons in that manner. So I decided um, to get like a little bit more active um, and a little bit more um, outspoken because I didn't want it. Um, I didn't want to forget the lesson that Emmett Till's mother taught us, you know, don't wait. until Yeah. You need to be active. Like now you need to be screaming. Now you need to be doing stuff now because it's when, when it's your child or if it's your child, um, people are going to have that same energy, you know? Yeah. So I've been trying to uh, get ahead of that and kind of um, change the way we react to those kinds of things. Like if we like love for our family, like most of us, that's where most of us get our start from, you know? Mm -hmm. um, I have four little sisters, a mom, a grandma, you know, I've always been a little protective of my family and uh, I do security for a living. Like, I mean, that's literally everything like wrote. That's all me as a person. That's who I am. Like, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, Once yeah. you do that a kind protector. of protector, you kind of can't separate it, you know, um, even with uh, the Black Lives Matter, Hugh New Gun Club, all that good kind of stuff, man. I've always been looking out uh, for people like um, when uh, the incident happened at the Walmart, like I was I was protecting people at the Trump rally, like um, I was protecting somebody that um, got attacked. Like um, somebody slapped the phone out of his hand and, uh, you know, it was on from there. You know, I'm not really one to back down uh, from a fight, especially when I know I'm in the right. Um, and especially if there are people that maybe can't do um, the fighting or are not capable of doing that. Because, as you know, like it's a mindset, like some people just not built for it. You know, um, I'll be saying you to Alabama Mike Lynn, man, because that's just me. I'm a bully killer. That's what I I'm a bully slayer. I don't like bullies, I was man. Just thinking, as he was describing that, I was just thinking yeah. that. Like, I shouldn't say that because that, that's, <laughs> that's kind of fitting to the conversation. That, but that's what it is, man. I just don't like bullies, man. You know, period, point blank. Um, me neither, brother. And uh, honestly, like with everything going on in the country right now, it's been very, very difficult for me to remain, remain quiet. Um, oh, yeah. You see, like um, it's like I have to, um, even with my Facebook profile, like, uh, you know, I, I kind of alluded to that earlier. Like, I, I'm not. I'm not, I can't, I can't say anything. I can't. Mm -hmm. So like, I can't, I really have to 
uh, have conversations with close friends and everything because I'm active, like, and I'm I'm more of a lead from the front type of guy. So it's very hard for me to be sidelined right now, quote unquote. Um, but I also, like I said to you, the first time uh, we had a conversation, it was so uh, I was so happy to see uh, what you guys had done. Mm-hmm. Um, and that there were people out there that didn't lay down their arms, um, that stood up um, when it was time to stand up. And I think like we need to be we need to be seeing more of that now, not less. Like that's the problem. Um, honestly, like we've we've done everything that we can do the other way. Like I feel like you know, um, and Einstein said, "What well, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results." So we've marched, protested, prayed, appealed to morality, and all those good kind of things. What do we have left? Left? What is our recourse? Exactly. And uh, also, self-preservation is an instinct that every creature on planet Earth has. Naturally. Like, so if, uh, like, you can take the cutest kitten in the world, you can take the cutest puppy in the world, and uh, put it in a, like, try to put it in a tub and, you know, do something to it, you know what it's going to do? It's going to bite, claw, scratch, and do everything it can to live or whatever. So why are we being told, hey, you guys don't need to do that? Like, even though... Um, you know, our water is under attack. Y'all from Michigan, y'all know that. Mm-hmm. Um, our food, like the EPA has been gutted. <laughs> I mean, um, we're under attack in every way there is to be under attack. And everybody is telling us that we should, no, you shouldn't fight back. No, you shouldn't. But again, self-preservation, that's the instinct that every creature on planet Earth has. So yeah. Um, I don't I don't exactly it doesn't compute with me. You know what I mean? So that's the narrative change that we really that was a byproduct of us escorting uh, Representative Sarah Anthony. She's one of our own born and raised right here in the city of Lansing. We elevated her to that position, voted for her in there because diplomacy. Right. So we're going to try to play this game how y'all play it. But you're not going to stack the deck and try to intimidate her to not be able to speak for us. Do you see well, what I'm you saying? Know- Oh, you had the Black Panthers uh, on your on your background. You know when we play by the rules, they change. They change. It, you know what I mean? Exactly. And also, like, I mean, what treaty? What treaty has uh, America really um, ever really honored? Like, uh, didn't they just blow up some <laughs> American sites like a couple of days ago, and then a couple of years ago on Thanksgiving, didn't they blow up somebody's uh, Native American woman's arm on Thanksgiving? Yeah. Yep. Supposed to be celebrating. Peace, yeah. So they celebrated by yeah. an anniversary. It was like, oh, this is the, the anniversary of the treaty, right? Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> so let me say, let me say this to you, because this is what I was getting at with the narrative aspect: is that even our own people think it's a faux pas to carry arms, or to have them legally, or to train themselves on how to use one, or to understand their rights. And so that's the narrative that we're trying to change, man. Is that we need everybody to arm up? Because guess what? If it came down to a civil war, not to say we'd ever want that. It'd be the people against the government. Then when the people win, if they was to win, what you think they're going to do with us? When we ain't armed, we can't help nothing. We can't do nothing but eat food and drink water. So like, it's like... I have a good example of that, actually. Uh, the the um, the Bundy Ranch. Uh, I know you, because you're a Second Amendment guy. Mm-hmm. Um, you were very probably read in on that. Um but, you know, Black Lives Matter at the time, I was one of the only people in Black Lives Matter that were advocated for us being armed uh, while we were doing stuff because of me knowing history, being from Alabama and being a Second Amendment act, um, advocate. Um, but, you know, Black Lives Matter uh, nationally was more of, you know, hands up, don't shoot type individuals, you know, um, that that was in part what caused our um, 
are split. But if you look at the Bundy Ranch, look at how they approach those people, mm. as opposed to people with their hands up. Oh yeah, signs. we know and that. Like from what happened with y'all, also, like every um the picture that you saw that you showed with me holding the shotgun, and it was at a Black Lives Matter rally, uh, where a brother had been shot in his vehicle by the police while he was sitting in his vehicle. And uh, for that particular one, we walked around the community, um, passing out copies of the Second Amendment, mm-hmm. and uh, informing people of their of their gun rights. Um, the police, um, they start they passed by a couple of times, and then uh, more honestly, more and more people uh, started joining with the crowd. So uh, we actually, you know, we were going we were going to go engage uh, with the police in conversation, but every time we uh, moved toward them, they drove away. Peace out. Um, yeah, we already know. The people, the power that they have, I always tell people, like, I mean, let's be honest, like, maybe in the city of Birmingham, even, this is a pretty big city, but it's only like a thousand police officers. Mm-hmm. How many people do you think are in this city? They say 5,000 yeah. people to every one Her. police officer. Mm-hmm. I know. Yeah. And we don't understand that power, but so, like, we see, we see, there's a, there's a barbershop up here. We're at a stay-at-home order right now. There's a barbershop up here that's been defying the law. They said they're going to keep cutting. Police been there multiple times, tried to shut him down with a militia came over there, held the door when they was going to try to raid the place. And they never end up getting in the building. And people are our people always say, oh, we did that. We'd be killed. Yeah. If it was one of us, if it was a hundred of us, though, they don't want that problem either. It ain't enough forces they can get down here it's, to handle that situation. It's that fear. Yeah. Like, and I, I, I love this quote. I absolutely love this quote. I actually told Richard that I was going, I was going to make sure I brought it up today uh, because I think it's very fitting for us as a people. Um, and, it, and I love it because it comes from Gundy. Like, who the fuck ever thinks Gundy would say some <laughs> shit like that? He said that it's better, better to do violence if there's violence in your hearts than to put on a cloak of nonviolence to cover impotence. Mm. I'll say that again. He says it's better to put on it's better to do violence if there's violence in your hearts than to put on a cloak of nonviolence to cover impotence. And I think I think honestly, like when it comes to like us in this country with everything that's going on, uh, we put on that cloak of nonviolence. We won't do. So we done with that. That's not even a part of my conversation no more. I'm not doing no more protesting. I'm not doing no more standing around without no armed security, and I'm gonna be part of it. So at the end of the day. We're not doing that begging them for our, our lives no more. That's a wrap. And that's what I'm trying to press. Or I begging put... for basic rights and things yeah. that should be afforded to us anyway. Exactly. Well, the police beat somebody up up here in Lansing over the summer last year. And we went and we protested. And the police up here in our city, don't they don't get engaged that way. Like, they're not going to come try to fight us down and all of that. Um, but at the same time, well, I know I'm not going to say it don't happen. My ag- my advocacy came from my brother being killed when I was 17 years old by the police unarmed. That's where my advocacy sprung out of, and, and I realized it again as time gone on. Again, like you, Trayvon Martin's situation. Um, but you're right. If it was ever to get out of hand, how would they handle it? So we have to prepare for that situation. Um, or if they ever come... Now, like, look at how we're treated even in the midst of a pandemic. Like, no matter what, what can you do and be black at the same time? And I think like people go to people jail, making excuses for it, but there is no excuse. Like we're human beings. We deserve to be treated that way. Right. If, and me as a, me as a man, me as a father, me as a husband, like, um, I know for a fact that if I saw some of these things that I see happening around the world with my family, like it would go a little bit differently, but I think that's the way that all of us should feel. 
that's the way that all of us should feel. That's the way we should feel about each other also. Like all this stuff that's going on all the way back from Trayvon and Martin. Like I still I still remember the name. Like um I'm pretty sure, like I said, you're you're active in the community. Like we get the phone calls, we listen to the parents, the sisters, the brothers crying, telling us their stories. We we watch the videos, like that's it's some heartbreaking shit, you know? Mm-hmm. Um Absolutely. so you get you get after you get bombarded with that for years and years and years, and you see people um, try to go the legislative route. Like um, down here, there was somebody that started something, uh, the Black Voters Matter campaign, and they were driving around the uh, city of Alabama in a Black Voters Matter bus, and the, the window was shot out. You know? Oh, wow. I've actually uh, met them, and they do really good work. They came up here to uh, Lansing and speaking on that. So, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I think working in tandem sometimes is what's important right now. The narrative change and the evolution has to happen because yeah. those things but, are so important. But The thing with that, though, like, as as y'all know, also with the left, um, even organizations like that, um, the left doesn't like arms. Oh, no, uh, I know. They, they, like, a lot of people, and, and that's where um, I get into <clears throat> butting heads with people. You know, uh, Martin Luther King said a long time ago that he sees folly in appealing to the morality of people that appear not to have any, you know? Mm. Um, we've been doing the whole hands up, don't shoot, um, butterflies and sunshine thing for a while now. And uh, what what's going on? Like, what's what, what progress are we showing with that? We know that, but this is what I will tell you, though, brother, because I was on the same thing for a long time. And then I started getting with some of these people. We got to work it from all angles. We got to send a Trojan horse in there to talk while we out here with the weaponry so they know you well, can negotiate here, but you know what's coming on the back end of this. It has to be a front. It has to, we have to look at it like a front in a war. Like, we can't yeah. leave any part behind. We have to have people out there, like, telling the stories. We got to have some people that's willing to stand up when it's time to stand up. Right. We got to have somebody willing to stand up in court when it's time to stand up. Right. We got to have somebody with the medical supplies on point. We got to have somebody teaching the survival. Um, right. We got to have somebody teaching, growing the alpha. We got to do all those things. So we, And we don't do one thing, then that's going to be our weakness. Yeah. We don't need to have any weaknesses, you know? Yeah. Um, like, that song, uh, John Legend said, you know, the future started yesterday and we're already late. Mm-hmm. Like, for years, they've been stockpiling. For years, yeah. they've been stockpiling food, ammo, all those good kind of things. Yeah. And for years, as you know, we've been uh, liquid. Jordans and doing dumb shit. Yeah, like, even now, like, I, I recently, recently, with these stimulus checks, like, um, even after the um, the shooting down in Georgia, um, the, sh- the young lady that was killed in Kentucky, I'm still passing by shoe stores and seeing people in lines outside. Lined up in during a COVID pandemic to get shoes instead of buying ammo and guns like I've been telling them to do. <laughs> even like I can, I can, I can. Or seeds or anything. I can, to a certain extent, understand people not buying weapons because some people don't have that mindset of stuff. But mm. what about dry goods? Mm-hmm. What about. You know what I'm saying? Like buying some stuff that's going to do you and your family so good. What about planting a garden? What about build, uh, putting a pond in the yard mm-hmm. so you can stockpile some fish? Mm-hmm. Um, what about like, but we're not doing those things because we've been so conditioned uh, to party and bullshit uh, through everything uh, that, you know, stuff that's actually going to do us some good. We, we like shun it and those people. Like mm-hmm. how many, I used to actually, believe it or not, brother, I used to go around to clubs. I used to, like, I bounced at clubs too. But I used to go around the clubs on like my off days, different clubs, and I actually used to try to engage people in conversations during um, that club. During that club time, like I mean, I mean, that's the kind of person I, I used to yeah. go around to projects. Like, uh, what those articles that you saw, like, that's me. 
Like that's not that's not a show. Like you don't see me holding a camera or nothing like that, brother. Like um, I'm always I'm a lead from the front type individual. If I think we need to do this, I'm going to go and talk to these people. I'm going to try to tell them about it. But people, we're so um, conditioned, like I said, to party and bullshit. When you have somebody speaking anything else, anything else, especially if they black, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, I get it oh, all the time. Y'all always. But like, look at look at where we are right now. The meat they the meat processing plants are shutting down, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they already a lot of people are out of work right now because of the stay at home order, mm-hmm. right? Um, and we're just, you know, whether you believe that the COVID nineteen thing is happening for real or not, um, people are getting sick from something. They dying from something. They are. Um, that's a fact. So, go ahead, system. I said that's a fact. I got a couple questions for you though. Yeah, they're coming in. <laughs> Bring a couple in okay. here, Eric. Uh, Van Dusen says, "Can uh, Mercutio or Mercutio explain what happened when he Q? Can Q explain what happened when he was assaulted at the 2015 Trump rally? I think people are are recalling that incident." Yeah, so he can definitely answer that question, but also, um, you know, we actually have a hearing on that particular case. Oh, that's another uh, situation. Yeah, a civil lawsuit is pending that we oh. filed against the uh, Trump campaign right on. initially included President Trump as well. We also included the uh, Birmingham Jefferson Convention Center. Um, and initially we had included the city of Birmingham for various reasons. They, they are no longer party uh, to the action. Uh, we filed in federal court initially. Uh, the case was dismissed without prejudice. We refiled it in state court. And uh, we had a couple of judges recuse themselves. Uh, one judge recused herself after having a case for over a year. And uh, so now we're going back to another judge on the 29th of this month to argue on that motion to dismiss. But um, the video is out there, definitely. I think it speaks for itself, but Mercutio can, uh, can talk about it as well. You text it to me? Mm-hmm. I texted Quick question. You. Can you, um, which came first, this incident or that incident with at the, the Trump, Trump rally? Yeah, the Trump during the president, yeah, during the, um, the 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 previous presidential campaign season. So, can yeah. we get some conspiracy theories going here? I mean, <laughs> does that have anything to do with this trumped-up murder charge? I mean, I'm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think, like you said, I mean, we we know that um, when you are a a, a a truth speaker, you 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 speak, you know, truth to powers, then that can make you a target, or at least it can change people's perception of you, and even. You know, sometimes just the general public may see you as a quote unquote troublemaker. Trouble, I get that all the time. You're just calling things out and not accepting it, you know. Exactly. And so that could be a factor that, you know, and, and, and we have an opportunity um, to go before a judge that we know. I have a lot of confidence in a judge um, on, on the criminal case that we've been discussing here today. And I, I know that he's going to be fair and unbiased towards Mercutio. And, um, you know, I have faith and hope and confidence that we'll select a jury that will also you know, give him the same opportunity they would want to have if they were in that position because, you know, he he responded in that situation the same way that I believe and hope that I would respond in that situation if if my life was in danger or if my sister or my mother or my cousin's life was in danger, then I hope that I would have the fortitude and the focus and the confidence, the clarity of mind to, to do what's necessary to protect what's valuable to me. Right. And that's the right that we have. That's the, that's the right thing to do. And uh, it's a lawful thing to do as well. So, so they say, because they Q, say that's gonna, where it comes from. You were going to speak on the 2015 rally, correct? Uh, so like I, I did allude to it earlier. Like I said, like I kind of got into that protecting somebody, you know. Um, it's this, uh, 
uh, have to pick my words very carefully. Uh, Are you God, all right? Take your time. It's a, it's, just, it's a guy down here, uh, uh, activist um, that was down that decided to come inside this come inside the uh, event, and uh, he was attacked by someone, and uh, he's uh, well, he's tall and skinny, and uh, you know, I kind of just pushed him to the side <laughs> and uh, stepped up to the guy. And uh, he wasn't nowhere near as abrasive as he was mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> with with the other guy. So uh, once that happened, uh, everything kind of kicked off. But uh, like we were surrounded in there. Um, like you can watch from the video, you can see people punching me, kicking me. Um, somebody choked me while the police were holding my hands. Um, and let me um, also just jump in right there and say this is that, you know, th- these individuals, uh, Mercutio and, and Carlos Shaveris and a couple of other people, went to this this uh, political rally to engage in political speech, okay? They first, went there. First the Amendment. Amendment. Right, that's right. And what we saw from this presidential candidate, now president, was somebody who was spewing all of this hate speech, who was encouraging people uh, to attack folks who have different ideas, folks that were speaking up on behalf of their uh, First Amendment rights, uh, for their, their own humanity. We had seen a series of, of Trump rallies preceding this event here in Birmingham in which the crowd had been encouraged to attack anybody who looked different or acted different from them. And that's exactly what happened here. On top of that, the venue, the BJCC, decided to serve all of these folks alcohol. And so that was just, you know, adding gasoline to this fire. So we believe that, that was irresponsible. And we believe that our current president... Uh, was someone who essentially in, invoked a riot. And, and to make matters worse, the police chose to arrest the victims in this situation and did not and did not prosecute did not prosecute anyone who was responsible for kicking and spitting on Mercutio and those other protesters there. And so and it's on video and it's on video. And so, um, like I said, this is a, a case that we've been litigating for some time. But we, we're going to. Um, you know, stick with it until we can get justice. Yeah. I'll tell you what, I appreciate you even going in there. Seriously, that's a And that's how a you got in there is beyond me. With a ticket. So they just let you come in, though? <laughs> I, mean, I thought they, was, they, registered they, were... online. they registered online just like anyone else to obtain tickets before going in. And all of those are critical facts in the litigation. So that's why I want to make sure that you all, you know, get that right. Yeah, hey, You did everything right. You did it the way that you're supposed to. Like they always tell us, right? They always tell you, just do it the right way, right? Protest well, the right there, way, right? There's no right way for us in this country. No matter what we do, there is no right way. Like I said, like whenever we apply, whenever we play by the rules, they change the rules, and it don't they don't apply evenly. It's literally a tale of black and white. Like just like uh, hurricane responses in this country, you look at what happened in Sandy Hook and what happened in Katrina. Like that's a tale of two Americas. It's, it always is, and until we start uh, making it. Well, balancing the equation is going to continue to do so. You know, there's a factor. You bring up a lot of really good points, and I don't want to forget any of them. But something that we know to be true is that, you know, a lot of times marginalized people, minorities, black and brown people just do not make sympathetic victims in any way, shape, or form ever. And so a lot of people spend time trying to change that narrative. But I think that we're past the point where that's ever going to happen. So now it's about holding people accountable when we're not treated in a way because you just told your story. You gave us a little bit of information about who you are, what you're about, a lot of the things you've done in the community. And it's funny because reading that article, I can literally just picture an entirely different article had it not been written cloaked in bias. 
So that article's title would have been different. It would have spoke about you different. It would have given more context because there's always context that's given for others. If they're an aspiring police officer that went to the academy but got sidelined by an injury, um, it's protecting a family member. These are things that are they're going to make sure to include in that article so that you've got you know some heartstrings pulled for this person. And those were all omitted in your in your case. And that's just it's not shocking at all. But I want to play this video if you don't mind. You guys got a second, or you, you ain't got nowhere to go, do you? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. All right, I'm going to play this video. I've got it up in here now. So give me one second here. You know, you have one guy over there shouting. We have thousands of people, and you'll read about him tomorrow. They'll say, oh, the, the, the room had a, a picket. All right, yeah, get him the hell out of here, will you please? Get him out of here. Throw him out. In the New York Times, they had a report on the front page. It was false. Really false. That was today. Yeah, we can't call that man piece of crap. That piece of crap. I inciting. salute you, my brother. Mm. Like they didn't show. They didn't. Obviously, they like they didn't show like me fighting back. Obviously, they don't want no pictures of that in there. But uh, if well, you can... the main point was is that I mean, if you tr if you're being kicked and punched and, st and stomped from multiple people, then you're trying to defend yourself. And what should be noted is that there were no reported injuries from all of those folks around him that weren't arrested, but from one of the people that was arrested, he actually suffered from a concussion. And um, you know, and that, that's something that hasn't been covered in the media as well. And I think you made a great point um, just before going into that break about. Um, or going into showing that video about how it, these stories are told in a way that robs us of our humanity. When you talk about us being able to paint that full narrative, you know, it's just like watching a movie. You know, that character that is at the beginning of the movie, that character that is the focus where you see what they do when they first wake up. You see them kiss their kids at night. No matter what they do in the movie, you're going to be more likely, more inclined to identify with that person and have more compassion and consideration for whatever mistakes that they may make because you, you, you see them. You, you, can, you can relate your story to them and, and, a, and a fuller 3D picture is told and we're denied that so often and it's so strategic. It's not shocking like you said, but it, it is done with surgical precision. Yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. Full of intent because it takes away any grace. It takes away any benefit of the doubt that some are afforded just because by default. So it's like, we got to work extra hard to have any type of benefit without given to us. And that actively takes it away by taking but away the human element. It's great to play that video to, I mean, just, just to say like this, because a lot of people remember Trump saying that a lot of people remember that happening at the rally, but now y'all know who it was. He's right here sitting in front of us. I do. That gives actively. a lot of context because I knew that. I remember that video. Me too, I remember that happening. Vividly. And I'm sitting here talking to him now. I would have never known that had, no, had we not have put either. that two or two and together. What, what documentary was that 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 clip was actually included in? I can't recall the name of it right now. 13. Yeah, 13. Yeah, yeah. 13. Yeah. That's, yeah. My brother, man, I appreciate you and everything you do, man. I'm going to give you that praise while you're here. 
I don't get that. I don't ask for it. I know you don't ask for it either, but I'm gonna give you that praise, man, because that that's work that I know personally is not easy to do. It's uh, it's 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 a thankless job. Most people don't ever say, you know, wow, man, I appreciate you. Our own communities will try to murder our character for stepping out and stepping up. So I appreciate you, my brother. I definitely want to give you that, man. Appreciate it, bro. So where where are we at now, man? Where's your mental space? I know you said you had some kids. How's the kids and the family doing? Have you been able to get out and enjoy the world a little bit? You know, I know you got all this hanging over your head, but um, getting them out to the park or doing anything like that? Uh, honestly, like, uh, no. Like, uh, a couple of weeks ago, somebody tried to take one of my kids, actually. Um, and uh, the police are not being helpful in that either. Um I think I read something about that on your Facebook page. I, I think I read that as well. Yeah. So, like I said, we're under attack, and everywhere there is to be under attack. When exactly am I supposed to um, relax? But uh, to I honestly, all I do is like try to train in some kind of way. Like um, I've been working on my physical fitness with my kids, reading with them. Uh, we've been training as much as we can um, with everything that's going on. Because I mean, honestly, like I mean. I haven't been wrong about too much about stuff that I've been saying over the years. And, uh, like, it's not, it's coming. Like, look, look at what's going on. Like, even with, even what, what, what happened with me, man, like, um, them strength, like they decided like a couple of days before, uh, a couple of days before they shut down the courthouse or whatever, they decided that they was going to up my charge to murder. Mm. Like, I mean, it's ridiculous. And then like the stuff with my son, uh, people not, the police not putting it out there and stuff. Um, like, well, you tell me, let's, let's talk about it here. What happened? Do you want to talk about it? You want to get that out there? Somebody, somebody like came to where, where we, where we are, we were. And, uh, well, the week before somebody, the first week that we were quarantined down here, somebody came to the house at about one thirty in the morning, uh, knocking on the door, asking for some food or something. And that was very odd. And then the next the next week, um, my son went outside, you know, just standing sitting out in the yard, and uh, somebody like uh, snatched him actually. But uh, my kids are they're not you know they're not pushovers. Mm-hmm. Um, they have some some kind of training, and uh, he was able to fight his way out of that situation, um, very thankfully. But he he ended up having a concussion also. Um, we had a we had a police report and everything, but they haven't done anything. They didn't let anybody know. Um, and uh, as you can imagine, like being the type of person that I am, oh, yeah. um, I, I was in the, I was in the house sleep, like it was at the house, you know. Um, you know, I'm there. There's nothing. Uh, there's no. I'm not. I'm trying to see how I can say this. Um, I know that how many missing black women and children there are in this country. Mm. Um, nobody nobody I, talks about it. And nobody cares, like, you know, until it happens to them. Like, again, that's the reason why I've been doing all this stuff all these years. Like, I fight because I know how I feel, how I care about people. You know what I mean? Like, not just not just my particular family, like, my people. Like, that's not, all, like how many articles were you able to find about me doing some shit? You know what I'm saying? And that's that's just articles that you found, like that's stuff. why I said you the Alabama Mike Lynn. Have you Googled me? Yes, you know that's what <laughs> that's why I need to be on the show or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like 
um, that's the first thing I said to you, right? You know, yeah. Like, uh, okay, uh, maybe we can, maybe we can work something out or whatever, because I saw the kind of work that you were that you were putting in, you know. And people that leave from the front, you know, you got to, like you said, while we're alive, because that's something, unfortunately, you know, that's something that we don't get. If you fight for, if you fight for black people in this country, yeah. like I, your life, most of the time it sucks. Like all of our, the people that we hold in high esteem, they most of the time died horribly. Like they died penniless, alone, like destitute. Um, and we need to change that. Like yeah. while we're alive, you know what I'm saying? Like. How long has it been since somebody talked about Nipsey Hussle? It ain't even been that long, right? Right. How long has it been since somebody talked about him? Like we're we're very sick cyclical people. Like we forget so fast. Like Ayanna Hudson, I still remember that when the little girl got shot in the head up there in Michigan, right? Mm -hmm. I still remember that. Like uh, Sandra Bland, I still remember that. I still remember watching her videos or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, Eric Garner, Erica Garner, when the police were ordered order people to get out of her room. I haven't forgotten none of those things. But we as a people, we forget so fast. Mm -hmm. Forget so fast. The little girl that got the gun pulled on her in Texas, mm -hmm. we, we've forgotten about all those things. Yep. Except like, you know, the people like us that's doing the work and trying to make stuff change or whatever. But we forget way too fast, man. Yeah, I agree, man. It's it's one of those things. It's constant. It's trying to keep that in the limelight so people understand why I do what I do or why you do what you do. Or, you know, we got a BLM up here. Yeah. Angela Waters Austin's working nonstop. People can't understand where the passion comes from. But I love y'all. That's why I do what I do. And most of the times I'm telling you, it be my own people. They be giving me the most difficulty. It's like, damn, I'm working hard for y'all. It's like I seen this meme when Bernie Sanders was writing on this board. He said, I'm trying to help you motherfuckers, man. What the hell is y'all? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I would say, like, throughout a lot of this, man, like, uh, like through while I was getting, quote, unquote, known or people, like, uh, articles coming up about me, throughout a lot of this stuff, man, I was not, like, I was not employed. Like, I didn't have a vehicle. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, I was moving from place to place. Like, um, and... Like, I was doing it completely like this is what needs to be done, you know? Mm -hmm. And people people still um, were like, well, you got to be doing this for... Got an like, agenda. Like, where's, my, where's the money that I'm getting? Like, I was, again, I was homeless. Like, where's my, where's my car? Where's my, any of that? Yep. Like, I wasn't doing, uh, I never did, I don't think anybody that really does it um, for real, does it for any other reason than they love the people. What Che Guevara said, like, the true cause of any revolutionary is love. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And I yeah. really, really and truly cannot sleep. I cannot... It bothers me. Like, I, I've been that way my whole life. It bothers me to see stuff and see people not doing what needs to be done. Like, my mom will even say, like, when I was younger, like, homeless people, you know, like, people passing over homeless people, I'd be like, well, why can't I give them a piece of my sandwich, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I, that's the kind of person that I am. And I like I thought uh, that was the way I was supposed to be, you know. Yeah. I was raised to be an American. You know, we all we grew up watching Die Hard and all those good kind of <laughs> things. You know, you fight for the fucking little guy. You take yeah. care of people that can't do. You love people. You know what I'm saying? You protect people. Yeah. Um, yeah. But when we get older and have the wrong color skin um, and try to do those kinds of things, um, it's looked at as a negative. You know, mm -hmm. um, it's ridiculous. And like. It's the time is the time is now for us to change that. Yeah. Like uh, the and and also like you asked me earlier about my activism man. like my children, like I do not want 
to leave this world the way that it is for them. Right. Like I knew that my children are going to be big. I knew that they were going to be intelligent. I knew they were going to be feisty. And I knew, I know the kind of world we live in. And I'd rather it happen to me or whether anything happened to me than happened to them. And I feel like the generation before us kind of failed us in that regard. Like they kind of let stuff slide a little bit. And now uh, we're at this point. Well, I don't intend on letting stuff slide. I don't want this to pass down to my children. I think we need to handle this now while we have the uh, piss and vinegar and guts and gumption right. and all those things. Like we need to do um, the things that need to be done so we don't pass along this clusterfuck right. of world or country uh, to our children. You know what I'm saying? One like thing if, I one thing I really took from all that you're saying, man, it's like it's finally good. It's so refreshing to hear somebody that goes through the same shit I go through. You know, the one thing you said was I'm living broke. I'm going through house to house and they're telling me, oh, you're doing this because you got an agenda. I'm risking my job for doing what I do. I'm risking my job and my livelihood to do what I do. I could just sit back and chill on top of my hill and not ever roll down. And it's like, I'm risking my life and my job and putting myself in danger. Well, the thing is, you know, there's always some pay-to-play type individuals in the activist uh, community. Um, right. Some people that uh, get held out um, from different organizations. You know, um, I'm not I'm not a member of those organizations. I'm not no uh, Al Sharpton um, as individual. Mm. Like, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, I don't, I'm not, I'm, I don't really like those kind of people. Hey, you can speak your but, mind on here, brother. That's what we do. Uh, to a certain extent, you don't see Richard, but I'm getting I'm getting side eye right now. <laughs> <laughs> he probably won't uh, Jesse Jackson and all of them to come get with you. That's the problem. He's like, hey man, chill out. We need that support. Hey Jesse Jackson, if you're thinking about calling me, uh oh, see there it is. I feel you. That's your morals, no, I, man. I don't, and that's how you I don't live, do coons, man. I don't do coons. Like I don't I don't want your help. I don't want you to speak on my name, fam. We don't. We're not in the same. We're not the same. Right. Like, I don't want those kind of people, bro. Like, I'm, so, I'm sorry, but that's just the truth of, like, that's me. You as ain't a... willing to sell it out, and I agree no, with you. Like, so let me ask you this. I can't do it. <laughs> right. Um. So the issue of, you know, what you've been going through, and then as far as your activism goes, you said in the beginning, you know, you can't really talk how you want. So you're watching all these things pop off, and it's like, you're trying to bite your tongue. And I imagine that's why you're making that face throughout the whole show. It's like, I really want to say something here, but I can't. This is what I live with on a day to day because I got my First Amendment, but I also got a job. And maybe, you know, it's stifling. So I, how are you dealing with that? Like, I'm asking you for my own my own sense is how are you dealing with your stifle, you know, being stifled by your cases that are going on? Um, I mean, I'm kind of used to it, you know. Um, And honestly, like this situation has taught me a lot, Um, you know. I've always been saying like, uh, you know, about like our us as a people, like, I mean, honestly, like I said, we're kind of fickle uh, when it comes down to this kind of stuff. You know what I mean? It's more of a trending type deal. And I, I asked in a speech like a, a couple of years ago, would we rather be ending or trending? Like everybody, everybody cheered, but nobody got what I was saying. Like, I don't I don't want to be trending. I don't want to be on TV. I want the shit to stop. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Um. And I think, I think too many people take pictures. Too many people are, take, are picture activists. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. They do shit to get in front of the cameras or to get seen or whatever. But um, the actual doing, um, not so much. And I just, mm -hmm. I can't. It's very hard for me to um, deal with that. But that's, I think, those kinds of people are the reasons why people that's out here really putting their lives on the line 
uh, don't get the help and resources because you have the uh, the respectable the respectable Negroes <laughs> like uh, that get pulled out, oh, uh, no. you know, to run to put us on the treadmill. Did we lose them momentarily? Oh, it's reconnecting. We're reconnecting here with them. I think they had a bad connection here. Said it's reconnecting. If I'm connected with you all, let me get a bunch of likes here so I can make sure I'm connected with you all while I still while I try to get him back up. Yeah, and just to be sure. Man, it's a breath of fresh air talking to a brother to be on the same mindset. You know what I I'm saying? Know, like, doesn't know a lot of this sound like what we talk about every day? I was just gonna say a lot, and he even uses kind of the same verbiage. same verbiage that I use. You know, like especially when he was just just now describing the different types of brothers that we have out here in this world. Richard isn't available, so we're gonna keep trying to get him back. But, um, yeah, it said poor connection. Yeah, we'll talk about what we've already talked about. We'll try to get him back on here because this is a uh, great. Great wow. conversation, man. Um, actually, one of our friends who went to the Capitol with us, Sin Antis, is who got us in touch with mm-hmm. our Marcusio. Yeah, and, I just uh, put a couple comments in there just to kind of give context to how she knows him and that, you know, he is, you know what he says he is, and he really does for the community. Um, here they Bryce. come. They're calling in. Okay. The link. Oh, I got them back. So Perfect. The link is in the comments, guys. A um, few people were asking about that. So um, Attorney Rice did put the link for support in the comment section so if you're looking for that just scroll up a little bit back at you we lost you for a second there heavens all right so you were talking about the different types of brothers out here in the world and i was appreciating that conversation because i have that conversation with people all the time um you know there's brothers that i most of the negative feedback that i get or most of the trying to calm my fire is from my own people and it's because they don't want me making ways for them in their environment that they in. They comfortable. They didn't already did all the shucking and jiving they can do to get comfortable. And here I come and see all this dysfunction. And I'm like, dude, how is you living in this dysfunction? I can't see being everybody's jester, you know? So do you, you kind of notice the same environment. And I see you had used a, a specific word. I, I won't use that because I do have people that are watching this trying to, trying to hem me up now. But when we were talking about Jesse Jackson, yeah, like I, I don't I don't care about those kind of things, honestly. Like um I, I really feel like some of these institutions and people that we hold in high esteem, like we need to check them too. Like um, you know, it's 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 open knowledge at this point that Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton were FBI informants. Like why in the hell are we letting them speak for us? Mm-hmm. And we allow you know? that type of shit. You absolutely right. Why would we allow it? Like I don't I don't care if somebody from the NAACP ever has anything negative to say about me. You know why? Because they've never they've never reached out to help. So if only you only got something negative to say, you know what you can do. Right. I'm sorry. That's the kind of person I am. Again, like I'm used to not having help. I'm used to not having, you know, I'm kind of used to being in dangerous situations and people um, saying they're going to show up and not being there. So forgive me um, if I don't wait on people to, you know, um, be there. Sometimes shit just got to get done. You know what I'm saying? Right, but I'm not really one to mince words or whatever. My life is already online right now. My life is online every day um, because I stand in my truth and I mean what I say. You know what I mean? 
Right. Absolutely. And it's dangerous to do that in this world and time, especially when we don't have a lot of brothers like-minded that's going to back that situation. You know, it'll even be sometimes. Go ahead. Uh, after after I got out, some I did security at a at a um, at a Juneteenth event, and uh, a NAACP member tried to get me arrested like that day. Like wow. I mean, just I, I was like, you know, the police not even bothering me right now, but you following me around trying to get the police to do something because you know, like that's crazy. But right. that's the kind of stuff I've been been dealing with, and like it's not. Um, it might sound like ire, but um, in all actuality. Um, you know, I don't I don't arrive at at conclusions without evidence. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I reached out to multiple chapters of the NAACP of thing, of organizations like that and didn't receive any kind of phone calls back. But then I saw them speaking about stuff that had happened with us. And, you know, I've had the same problems, my brother. With I, I've been in some very vocal, very uh, polarizing situations. And this is the this situation I'm in now is the third one that's went national in the last three years. And I've yet to holler, talk to, or anything with NAACP, ACLU, none of them. And I'm just, so who do they speak for? I don't know. And so who that's my thing. Have? We have a we have a we have a, a, a coalition of pastors here that I've still yet to speak to, black pastors. And I'm out here fighting a good fight, and I don't care because I like standing alone. Because then I have to I don't have to I don't have to confer with anybody how I'm gonna move. So it's cool. They can they can sit how they sit. I can move how I move. It ain't really nobody that I need. If you want to ride with me, have people that you know not gonna run away in the fight. Oh, for sure. If I don't know you got my six, I can't. I can't really deal with you. So I'm saying so. That's why those people are not important. If you're not gonna have my six fight, your your input is not really. It's not. It's not important at all. So I want to wrap this up, man. I appreciate you. Everything that you've done, everything that you're doing for the cause, my brother. And when you get through this situation, I'm gonna make a trip down to Alabama. And we're going to kick it, bro. Quarantine's over. You did? <laughs> so before you guys go, if you could, because um, you've got a few things going on, if you could tell the viewers, I know um, you guys put the link in there to support monetarily with the, the donations. Um, can you just tell everybody a little bit more about what people can do to support you guys? I know that's the biggest thing that's needed. And there's probably vastly a lot of different things that people could do we can do to support you. Um, just tell us. What can people do if they want to support you? You've got the thing going on with your son. Is there a petition going to get them to investigate that? Is there uh, anything on that? I, or I'm done with petitions. Like I'm, I have my, you know, he's here to make sure I don't say nothing out the way. But I, I'm not really. Uh, I don't. Well, have, wait, hold on before you say anything, Richard. Is he okay right here? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what he's about to say oh, right now. See, that's but, not good. That's yeah. not good. That's probably like a yellow light at least. Yeah, exactly. I know how you feel, Richard. Yeah. Trust me. Don't enter the intersection when it's yellow, right? Just, just go ahead and stop. So, but, um, Richard, is there anything you can answer to that question? Yeah, I mean, so just having this platform is helpful, you know. And, um, you know, like Lucicio was saying, having other, you know, brothers and sisters in the struggle with you is helpful. Share a story, you know, share a story and relate your personal narrative to it. And, you know, talk about your protective uh, older sibling or younger sibling or maybe you're that protective sibling in your family. And uh, so sharing the story and relating it to your personal narrative is helpful. Obviously, if you can donate a few dollars here and there to help out with the experts, uh, the legal defense, which, like I said, attorneys, we're doing this free of charge. Um, that would be very helpful. And just stay engaged, you know, uh, doing things like you're doing, 
Michael, we're all kind of, uh, we may not necessarily, you know, be, be communicating every day and coordinating our efforts, but we can still kind of move in harmony in our own individual uh, areas as well. So I think all of those things would be helpful. Uh, uh, Friends of Mercutio uh, is our Facebook group that we set up. I, like you said, I put the link um, in the comments as well. So folks, if you want to go ahead and donate, you can do that. And uh, we'll certainly be posting this uh, recording of the podcast on my um, platform, Results with Richard. Uh, as well, and I think Mercutio is going to have this on his personal page also. Um, awesome. I, I will say, like you know, uh, this stuff has been going on for years. Like y'all, like y'all pulled up the videos. Like y'all, I mean, I've been, I've been in shit uh, <laughs> a couple of different times or whatever. Uh, unfortunately, like uh, you know, I don't have any. Uh, I mean, basically, like it's a lot of stuff that could be helped with like honestly like um you know even before the pa pandemic or whatever you know uh this situation caused me to lose my job and my house and everything mm -hmm. um but uh like with stuff that happened with my son like uh and everything that's going on in the country like don't like that i i do need help on the the court side of it but also like uh you know I'm trying to see how I can say this. Uh, Would it be like the living side of things? Um, well, you're unemployed yeah. right now. There's a pandemic going on. You're saying right. that there's a lot that you could, you know, there's my, our, our comment section has been blowing up yeah. with how can people support financially. So right. I don't think you're going to have a worry with any of that. We're going to put it on our Facebook page. Um, your Facebook, the one you guys already have going for the lawyer fees, or for the uh, specialist fees, and yeah, then for you're not giving the money to the attorneys in the case we're we're taking the case on pro bono. Right. Uh, any money we don't use to go towards the expert will be you know given to Mercutio and his family. Okay. You know he has three sons. Uh, tell them the age of your sons as well. Uh, so so anything you, you want to do, he he spends a lot of time with them doing gardening. They work out every day. Uh, each one of the student, each one of his sons is an exceptional student. I mean, you know, gifted program that type of exceptional. And, um, you know, these are kids that are definitely thinking for themselves when you communicate with them. You know that for sure. And not just, you know, uh, walking uh, blindly. You know, they, they really are, you know, thinking um, great sense of humor, too. So I think if you want to support Mercutio, you can help him support his family. Uh, like I said, they're into gardening and working out. He also is a supporter of Second Amendment rights as well. So, um, you know, we want to focus on moving past these charges that are pending against him first. But but those are some of his interests. But yeah. uh, he is unemployed, but he's he's adding a lot of value to the community, to his family, and they're in a, they're in a decent good good position. They're in good shape, but they do have those interests that I just mentioned. And so, if you're interested in supporting them, you can you know help them with um, in, in continue to encourage his kids uh, with school and with some of the other hobbies that we mentioned. Absolutely, my brother. We will definitely be in touch after this, regardless, because I want to stay in touch with any brothers that's powerful minded, like I feel I am. So I'll be in touch with you regardless. But um. We're going to try to get some of that stuff. We're going to put this out on our book. This right here, we're going to uh, turn it to the YouTube. We'll, know, we'll break this down and put it into a YouTube uh, video and send it to you. And then you can attach everything to that. We will attach it to our page as well as the Facebook donation. Um, and you never know. Somebody watching this may throw a GoFundMe together for you, man, so that you can get through these rough times. You know, I, I, you know, one of them things is like we can't do it ourselves. So somebody has to see the need. And I'm, I'm sure that it's out here. So. That's right. And before we go, you know, that's a perfect point, too, because it's difficult if you're always the giver to, you know, right. receive and it's difficult to even ask. Right. It is 
easy. I get that too. But, um, you know, I, I want to make sure that I can go ahead and book you guys to come on to my podcast uh, sometime in the near future, both of you, to talk about what's going on there. And, uh, you know, I think the more we, we see the similarities of what we're facing in different communities, different states, you know, and maybe even do this internationally, then that's going to build up the strength of the community. And sometimes we need to give our folks tough love and let them know where they're deficient. But, you know, compassion goes a long way, too, and an understanding. And but for the events that have happened in your life, Michael, maybe you wouldn't, you know, be as activated as you are, you know. Right. But I, who's to say? I don't know. So we don't I don't really engage in all the judgment. I understand the frustration, frustration. But I do think it's a place and time for all of us and for all actions. And uh, I don't say that to just, you know, try to 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 just get by or just to try to placate people. I, I legitimately believe that. And uh, I appreciate what y'all are doing and having this platform for us, for Mercutio in particular. So I, I would love to do that interview with you all when you have some time. Absolutely. We'll be in touch, my brother. And I appreciate both you guys coming on. Yes. Anything left we want to say? Uh, thank y'all for having me. Thank y'all, uh, everybody that's helped out uh, to share the story of people. Uh, a lot of people uh, kind of, uh, I haven't talked to a lot of people. A lot of people stopped calling uh, when I got in trouble. Oh, uh, yeah. for the but uh, there have been a few people that have still been there. Richard being one, one of those people. Um, my wife. Um, like, uh, it's a few people out there that still been keeping out. So I very, very much so appreciate uh those people, the people that have still been uh, sharing my story, trying to help out with everything, uh, I really appreciate y'all. I see y'all. Um, you know, it's it's nice to know that uh, you know I'm not uh, all the way uh, in the fight by myself. No, you're not, brother. Well, we want—I mean, we want to thank you, Mercutio, for for sharing your story with us. And I can tell you, just reading the comments, that you, you're not alone. At least on this end over here, there's a lot of people that really want to know how they can support and help you. So we'll make sure we'll make it really easy for them to do that because you're not in the fight alone. So thank you for sharing your story with everyone. Right. And we want to give one shout out to David Guestpass, who has uh, been practicing law longer than I've been alive. <laughs> <laughs> I always have to say that to him. But he's, um, you know, he, he's a tremendous asset and he is, is definitely, um, you know, very valuable member of our legal defense team for Mercutio. He's de he's defending Mercutio on other uh, charges that are related to protesting. Marcus yeah. has never been involved in any type of violence uh, situation ever. This is the first occasion, and you know he's somebody who's willing to die for for, for for people in general, and in particular the black community. And so this is not anything delicate. I don't want anything we said today to be taken out of context and to seem like we're making light of this situation. It's very serious. It's been uh, traumatic for him individually, for his mother who he loves and cares for uh, very deeply. You know, he does so much to look out for her as well. So this is it's like every like everything in life is complicated. It's not easy. Right. And so I don't want to make light of it. But uh, we, we definitely want to see Mercutio uh, be able to, to continue to spend time with his wife and his kids. Um, and that's my primary objective right now. I appreciate you, my brother. I'll be in touch with y'all. You guys take care, man. Keep your head up, brother. And uh, hey, Richard, man, I appreciate what you're doing. Pro bono, is that's a, that's a big deal. It's a big case, you know, so. We appreciate you both. We'll talk with Thanks, you. Sir. All right. Y'all have a good evening. Thank All you right. again. Take care. Man. All right. So awesome. awesome yeah. Awesome, that's awesome. That was awesome, man. I mean, that was good to get some context and just to learn who this person was. I mean, playing that video, I was like, I've seen that before. 
It was and I didn't know that was the person I was talking to, but I've seen that before. Well, I remember one of the first things I was saying about it and thinking about it back when that happened is um, just how pissed off I was that Trump would incite something like that in his remarks later. And it's so, just so damn irresponsible, you know, and that's what I'm, I'm so I followed it for a while, too, because I was like, why have they, you know, I followed it for a while. But then, it, like he said, this has been going on for years. Yeah. But um, they're fighting the good fight. They are. They've filed. Some, I can't some wait stuff until he can come on here and be super candid. And just and tell really it. tell it all. You know, I was talking to a reporter from the New Yorker today about the situation at the Capitol, but he didn't want to talk to me about that. He wanted to talk about everything else I've been going through. And I had to tell him, like, you know, I can't wait to be able to conversate about those things with you. But at this point in time, I can't. Just can't. So I understand his position in all of this because I'm in the same one. You know, and I so there's a lot that I can't say that I would love to say uh, in reference to a lot of this stuff, man. And when I get that opportunity, um, I definitely will use this platform for that. Yeah, you, I mean, it's a situation of like anything that you say can do, you know, say or do will be used against you. Yeah. And it doesn't that doesn't, doesn't always apply when you're under arrest. But I'm glad know. we got to have a whole lot of conversation that didn't surround about the actual incident, though, because that way we got deeper into other things that were important. Um, I think that from what he's from what I've gathered from that conversation, it was a situation where one sister sounded like was already um, assaulted and he was going back over to where maybe some other people were at. And it sounds like he went back there to confront the situation or to find out what was going on with maybe another family member that was there. And this person who already assaulted one person came at him and it sounded like they said lacerations. I don't know if there was. A cut on the face. Or... That's what lacerations mean. And yeah. he had. A, they said he had a weapon. Yeah. So, so he beat her with something. What are we really saying? And, you know, like this is that the context just. And it's so crazy when you read the article and you chastised the the writer, rightfully so. That was on purpose. That was you know we have to think about some of these things and take the judgment out of it. Take the judgment out of a situation and think about how many times either you yourself, somebody you love, you care about, or even that you know has been involved in a situation that escalated very quickly. We are all human. Emotions run high. Shit happens. And especially when it's happening to people that you care about. I almost fought that man downstairs in the parking lot of my apartment building. That's how upset and angry that I was. Like, I wanted to square up with him. So I can't imagine people not understanding that these situations can happen and escalate like that. It's just how it ends up being portrayed how much benefit of the doubt is given to the parties involved. So I think it was important for him to be able to come on here and tell his story and give a face to the name and the very minimal information that people might hear about. Right. Because that's all they're getting is this man, this happened. We don't really know why. It just put the mug seems shot like he just, and... yeah, they put the mugshot up, made it sound like he just drove up to somebody's house and some shit popped off. That's not what happened at all. Yeah. The second amendment aspect. Uh, and when we talk about the second amendment and the stand your ground, there, so we talk about this all the time, and we've been conversating about this about, you know, when you go to these Second Amendment rallies, all the people there that are for the Second Amendment, all that, all they say is that it has no color lines. We, you know, we care about the Second Amendment no matter what, and yada yada yada. Well, where are y'all? We're calling on y'all now. We have somebody down here who used his Second Amendment right to protect and defend and stand his ground. Where are those faces? But that's at? why we it's didn't join the NRA. Under, yeah, it's that's all, why we didn't join the NRA. Where are they? My brother, are you with the NAGA? I'm hoping that you are. If you're not, get with them. I don't know if it's going to be retroactive or anything, but that's something that um, there's another one that I'm about to get involved with. That if you ever have to use your weapon, they automatically give you 
Uh, it's like a hundred thousand dollars worth of uh, lawyer fees. You mm-hmm. you could pick different ones. I think it's called USCCA. Um, it's for you know people that carry concealed. That if you yeah. ever have to use your weapon, you know you're automatically, especially for us, we're automatically going to be locked up. That's not going to be a question. We're going to take our weapon. They're going to want to figure it all out while we're behind bars. And that means court dates, time off, you know, losing your job. There's some shit that we didn't even discuss. You know, if he lost his job because of this, which you will, if you catch a charge like that, he's lost his Second Amendment right at this point. So he can't even defend himself or his child. And then that happened to him. So, I mean, this is just a lot. It's a lot. lot, Layered upon layer. It's activating and tickling my get involved button. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? We're already involved now. I know. It's like it's activating my get involved button. I don't know. I don't (laughs) know, man. What can I do? You know, like I got so many things going on, but it doesn't matter. Like we all have to be active and involved in situations like this. However we possibly can. And everybody's everybody's thing ain't going to be going out. And I've I've had to recognize that, you know, that everybody's thing ain't going out standing someplace and demanding shit. Some people's thing is donating a couple dollars here and there or making sure that family has a warm or hot meal for that night you know whatever to whatever to support or sit hitting this man inbox and just saying after we went to the capitol and escorted her i never could have i never could have imagined the outpouring of support we got but it was flowing through my inbox nonstop. i mean still to this day i mean people want to know about it people are asking you know how can they get involved how can they help hopefully this takes on the same and they explain who they are and like what they think they can do. They're like, Hey, I don't, I don't carry or whatever, but then they're telling you, like, I just want to help in some way. And I think that that's possible, you know, that's part of their goal. And, um, his attorney, uh, Richard, yep, Richard, Rich? Richard Rice, he, I got his name, right. <laughs> he, you know, spoke on a little bit as far as his philosophy where he's talking about, you know, Mercutio. everybody playing their part. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, Good job. But they're talking about how everybody plays their part and, and, and how important it is. And I, kind of, I I share that philosophy very much with with him on what he spoke on. I do believe everybody has their part in things. Um, I think the only part that none of us can afford is to play no role, none at all, you know, and be that silent bystander and things. I think it's very important to play an active role in some way, shape or form. Um, the other thing talking about, you know, as far as the Democrats and, you know, the liberal thing, as far as guns and things like that, that narrative is changing as we speak as well. There are, you know, liberals with guns sites and, and Facebook groups and stuff like that, because these are things that we can't just continue to say, well, Democrats don't carry guns. They're against, you know, no, this it's, not true, yeah. it's not true. Um, or even, you know, that you if you hold these beliefs, you can't be pro guns. So right. we got to change some of those things. David well. Guestpass, who they also said is a, an attorney working on the case with him. Uh, no police officer will be charged on these facts. So he knows the facts. There's the facts are obviously out there. We didn't get into those because it's just not. It's an you know, active if, if anybody case. knows their rights, you should never, you know, talk too in depth on a situation because it can, you know, they can misconstrue your words or do whatever they want to do. So giving a statement is not the smartest thing or to ever do. So if he's telling us that, then David uh, Guest Pass probably understands that there's more to this story that will come out eventually. Um, and there's a reason why both of these lawyers took this thing pro bono to help this guy out. And I would only hope that we had somebody here that would be willing to do that if I ever got into that position, because I carry a weapon with all intent and purposes on defending it with my life, defending my life with it or, you know, somebody else's life with it. So I would be in the same position if somebody uh, ever was to threaten one of my family members lives. I have no problem. It never runs through my mind that I wouldn't, you know, protect my family's life with my own or with. You know, having to be in the same position that uh, that Makushi was in. Think about this. You know, 
think about if you were in a situation in which a human thing happened just like that did where something escalates quickly or whatever the case may be and you are you know a, a gun carrier and something happens and it doesn't end great doesn't end well think about how you would be portrayed in the media just think about that sometimes mm. because i think sometimes people don't really you know it's so easy to look at somebody else's situation and judge and pass judgment and think about this or think about that just think about yourself because i've done that i've done that with myself and i i feel like i'm like no I'm a, I'm a good person i do good things like i'm not out here just you know trying to trying to do anything bad and do things to people that are wrong or i, I try to live righteously you know i think about it and then i go down that rabbit hole of thinking if something were to happen to me, not to speak on that, but like if somebody were to write a news article about me that was trying to speak on negative things, what would they say? And guess what? Best believe they would find anything negative to to portray you in. They would pull out all the things that they feel would make you seem like you um, are in a negative light and take out all the things that make you seem human and, and normal and like a person. So think about that anytime you pass judgment when you're reading something about uh, something like this. Because when you read that, if, if that article is the only thing that you read, and this is potential jury pools out here, all these different things, yeah. I know we, you know, think about that. That's the only thing that you ever know or hear about it. It's, it poisons the well in such a way that's really difficult to fight against. So I think it was important for them to come on here and humanize him and oh, tell his sure. story and that he's not just some guy that drove erratically down the street and, and popped up on somebody and this thing happened. Right. So I, I thought that was really important. Yeah, so um, there you go. I mean, I really, you know, one thing I really wish we had to talk more on is the stand your ground issue. We didn't get too in depth on that, and I wish we had to do more talking about that. But we will have uh, Richard back on. I'm gonna go on his podcast. We'll set that up so we can get on talk his, and I'll that. I'll uh, link you all into that when we go on that. But this thing is growing, man. I appreciate all y'all for coming on here and checking us out, man. This thing is really growing. And uh, we're getting to the point where I'm I'm booking out for weeks. Like, I've got multiple shows planned here coming up that are going to be very interesting. You guys will love them. Um, so we're going to start booking these things out and, uh, and doing it. And again, there's nothing monetary coming from this. You know, we're not making any money on this. It's a lot of work doing it. Um, I especially have put myself on the line. This is what we talked about uh, with Q is that I'm, I'm in a position where I can... I could potentially lose my job talking on here, you know, and I still need feel I have a desire and a need to do that. I need to put the word out about these things and I need to be able to, if I could save a life and it cost me my job, that's what my job is, is saving lives. So at the end of the day, I mean, six and one half dozen another, they say. So I mean, we don't it's get- It's unfortunate. Yeah, we have to, you have to make that choice and think is, about yeah, it in that way. But. There is no financial gain from this at this oh. point in time anyway. But we will have some T-shirts here soon. We do expect all you guys to grab one if you <laughs> guys are fair. a top fan. I mean, it um, is emotionally and mentally and physically draining. It really is. It's not all rainbows and unicorns. You get the hate. You get the tearing you down. You get people that are judging you. And it's it's not easy. Yeah. Appreciate you. Uh, I wish I knew your real name. Babyface, baby Scarface, true, sincere, surprise, sincere. Appreciate you, man, for coming on and watching, man, and being really active in the comment yeah. section. You've been because I see a lot of people's asking questions over there, and you was putting that knowledge in there for him. He does have a Facebook, uh, friends know. of Mercutio, yeah, cell phone but no, there's Facebook. a Facebook, um, Don donation. You just passed it. Nope, that wasn't it. Oh, that was a different one. This is da, 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 da. results with Richard Rice, that link for support. Is this it? Yep, fundraiser. Yeah. 
this is that link so you guys can find this link to give him this money would go straight and directly to him if you support it i think i think it was set up for fifteen hundred dollars is what i think it was set up for to pay for the legal experts yeah that he's gonna need at this next juncture where they go speak on the actual uh stand your ground thing and this 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 next court date for the stand your ground is gonna be huge because they can decide and he said it's kind of like a trial so um you can they can decide at that point in time that this was standing ground and it's over with. So like this is very important that he has this support. I know what it means not to have support. I've been in plenty of situations where if I didn't have my wife and my sons and my my mom and dad and like the people real close to me, I mean I don't know where I'd be mentally, you know. And it's my psychologist. Thank you, Doctor Buchanan. Um, but uh, this stuff is really it's trying. It's trying when you're trying to help people who don't realize you're trying to help them, where they're continuously trying to break you down or they're feeding the false narratives about you. Um, so you do all of this in hopes that, you know, your actions will speak for your, your words and your, and everything else. But um, if something like that was to happen, like, so boom, now you're in a position where you need them to give you the same support that you gave them. And if it's not coming, it is like, it's defeating. And it makes you feel like, wow, you know, like what more could I possibly do? And we're, we're a type of people that it takes a lot to earn us, uh, earn our trust. And it takes a lot to, uh, earn gratitude from our own people and i think that he's done enough to earn that from us at this point so uh, whatever we can do to uh give back is is the thing we need to be looking at so yeah i just went on there it looks like he has eighteen hundred dollars so far yeah i don't know how much the number was i thought it was eighteen hundred dollars maybe it was more uh, that they, they needed and not yeah, so much we'll have what to they look had, and see. So. But when we um, make sure that you are subscribed um, to our YouTube channel, because I'm going to make sure that the description to this video has all of the links that you need to be able to support Mercutio. We're going to put them all in there. So any links, his cash app, there was several people asking for his cash app, yeah. um, things like that. So I'm going to link all that into the YouTube video. So yeah. make sure you're subscribed. Once that's up, you'll get notified it's uploaded. And all that'll be in there. Yeah, so definitely subscribe to that because that's where that should be on all of that. And this will be where you can share it from because it's important that we share, share, yes. share, 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 and share more and share more of this video. That was the goal. So that the world in the country can see this because there's somebody out there. There may be an expert that wants to do it pro bono if we get the word out to him. Now, we don't have to use yeah. his money to buy an expert. He can use this to pay for his rent or feed his children or whatever the case is. So, you never know the reach um, that you can have by somebody seeing the story and saying, hey, I can do this. I right. can help in this way. So right. please share. So that was that. Um, That was a pretty fluid show. Um, Baby yeah. baby Scarface, True Sincere. It says there's a, uh, a and this isn't, I, I don't know if this is a legit, it seems to be, it must be, uh, Marcusio, if you don't believe this is, nope, you can say something there. on it. Okay. Oh, there he is. There he is I'll yeah. pull Marcusio's in. See. Yeah, well, it is uh, this is Marcusio's cash app uh, link on the Facebook, link on Facebook too. So there you go. Awesome. If you guys want to help support, you know his his situation right now. And support can even come in the five form of, bucks. Yeah, that too. But even if it's in the form of, I know it's hard times. Five bucks from everybody that's listening right now and everybody you share it with could make the difference. Mm. Or sharing it, just share it. Just share it, even if you couldn't exactly, give no money. Right somebody now. else might watch it and be like, oh, I can get. You know, 20 bucks or I've, I know someone that could help in this way. Right. So just share that as well. Right. All right. Well, I appreciate all y'all coming on. We are going to fix this and end it. Uh, Marcuccio. Marcuccio. Now I got it all right now. Marcuccio. Marcuccio. Mm -mm. Marcuccio. Man, just because you, you think you're better than me.
Okay. Thanks, bro. I appreciate you too, man. I'm glad I was able to do this. We were able to do this yes, and open this up for, for you guys. I will have your name all the way right by the next time. I think, you know when you say a name wrong the first time? <laughs> Look, he said, how, how you, you still, still butcher my name? I it's don't know, sir. I when you say it wrong the first time, I, this is the first time he, I talked to it. He committed it to memory wrong. Yeah, it committed so. to memory wrong. So now I'm a quick talker. I'm a, I'm a person who can speak quickly and things come off the top of my but head. But when you first but said it's from it, memory. I knew it was wrong. So I didn't commit that one to memory. I was like, let me ask somebody else how yeah. to say it. It's, it's, yeah. We Yo, got you it. I cute, got it Q dog. That's what it there is. You go. My cute. guy. My guy. But, so yeah, we appreciate, we appreciate y'all. Um, we got some other things, topics coming up. We're going to bring on uh, eventually Trisha Wilcox, who has created a, a Facebook page that's blowing oh, the fuck she up. She put it in here way earlier, but I, it's probably way too far up. But, um, man, she's doing some work that needs to be done, y'all. So I'm going to bring this up, and we're gonna. I'm just going to tell y'all. Oh, expose the hate. Expose the hate. So you know is, people uh, like to screenshot things because you're you're just shocked at somebody saying something from their personal Facebook page that they own some business that they yeah. shouldn't be probably talking like that in public mm -hmm. but they are working somewhere owning a business and whatever you want to call it and they're just on here being racist sexist misogynistic hateful bias all these things right and they just, with impunity they just think they can do Trisha it. Trisha found time for you. Yeah, she's got time for you. So Trisha so. Wilcox, we will be bringing on at some point in time within the next week. Kind of wanted her page to get get a little more going, but shit, right now she's got 142 members on this on this group, and it's public now. So yeah, and her, um, the header, I just I do want to read this because I love that uh, the header photo says, "If you can't be kind, be quiet." Yeah, let me yeah, put this up there. Shut actually. Your mouth let me, and I, like, let me give her a little bit of credit. Let me give her a little bit of credit. Yeah. I'm gonna put her up on here. Real so y'all can see this and that's important because if people are willing to speak this way publicly imagine what they're doing privately with those sentiments and those biases right this so, is okay. the page you guys go and like this page expose the hate and she also said today that she's going to be doing an expose the love so that she can be love and hate I love with it. these two and mind you this all started with a situation with md rebel yeah that kind of sparked all this this guy's changing the world from his hate and we appreciate it um and his uh ignorance He's we always try to find the good in things so thank you Trisha. yeah appreciate you you know we always say thank do you what too, you rebel. can appreciate you because if it wasn't for you exactly we wouldn't be here exactly. and we wouldn't be doing this so do what you can with what you can where you are i'm still i'm did. still like i'm still putting i'm he's on the schedule i just don't know when yet mm -hmm. i'm giving him a chance but he might be on the schedule it might be a whole two hour forgot. show we ain't forgot Dude, nobody forgot my inbox was booming yesterday oh. i was like oh all so right. anyways, this is it right here. Expose the hate. We're not playing. I, was, I, I thought I went through there and looked at it. And I was surprised at some of the people that was in there getting getting you know, busy. Yeah, getting exposed. I mean, just like these businesses and companies and organizations that own things in our neighborhoods and and they, you know, are serving people that they probably shouldn't be serving because we don't know if we can trust them because of how they talking on Facebook. So if anything, it'll slow some people down. You Make know? you think twice. Because remember what we always say, what we always say. Racism and sexism and misogyny and all these things, and especially racism, it might look and sound different, but it's still the same. So they're just right. doing it in a different way, and uh, Trisha's exposing them. All right, we appreciate everybody for coming on the show, and um, we are going to keep state. Uh, so look at our YouTube, go to our yes, Facebook, please. our Instagram. Subscribe. We've been loading up pictures on our Instagram, so go on there, y'all can see our day to day. Um, get on our Facebook, obviously, like that page and follow, so you get our lives. 
our YouTube page, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts are all our platforms. Yes, if you want to just listen to some of the podcasts, listen to today's if you missed any, or go back to some old shows, you know, on things that we've thrown on the car. So we appreciate y'all. We love y'all. We'll talk to you. And again, like I said, we're going to be having a t-shirt coming out. And hell with y'all how y'all feel. If you like it, you're a fan of ours, buy one. We will have them what on. What the hell? I want a t-shirt. I to do wear, too. Damn I it. do too. So, so we're going to do some t-shirts, man. That's going to be our our, our, our momento uh, that you're a true fan of this place. And that, you know, we don't get paid for doing this. So, you know, mm-hmm. if anybody wants to shoot a donation over we to in the, the, we in to the, the hole. Village Lansing for now, uh, you can yeah. throw it there. That's where, you know, that goes back in our community. That's not us. So Nope, not um, us. Nonprofit. At the end of the day, yeah. you want to throw one in? You want to throw a donation at us for the work that we do? Throw it into the com. You can go there and check that out. That is our That's nonprofit. Our but, side hustle of, uh, We again, don't need the no money games. right now, so let that money go into another place where it can be used. For now. Yeah. For now. So, we love y'all. Appreciate everybody. We'll talk to Bye. you, not about you. Take care.